Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Bye. 
woman, child. Talking about nation building, I'm talking about raising children. Straight pride. Man, woman, child, yeah, straight pride. Man, woman, child, yeah, straight pride. Man, woman, child. I'm talking about nation building, I'm talking about raising children. Family, the backbone of the nation, the long spirituality, culture, and education. The Negro president supporting the abomination. Abomination, this is an abrasion. The black family needs saving. Mental enslavement got you sexing like cavemen. This is such a gay friend. Closer to placement. Now you wonder why Jason is messing with gay men to make our population double. Gotta build some healthy couples. Black man and woman. Far strong as healthy muscles. Brothers, find a hustle. Love your woman. Let her trust you. Some of y'all on the down low. It's feminine like Russell. Simmons, whether you pitching or you catching, you the faggot. I ain't
best as possible. King, you know, always on the positive. No doubt, no doubt. Even in the face of war. I say. Me, I say, I say, I say, oh. But dear, uh, that, um, well, buddy, getting things accomplished during the day. Well, we are, we out here on our drive. I got to get the flyer out on, 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 on the different. Um, I got to get the flyer out. So I mean, I'm, in, I'm late riding right now. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Man, hold up. I thought that 
he could read my mind, and that's how he knew, because he was God. Like, damn, that's real. Damn. Oh, no, the oh, the stories. Oh man, that was. I felt like I was violating somebody listening to the story. I I had it on so my daughter could probably hear it, right? Because I wanted her to hear a little bit of it. But it got so to a point where they wasn't even talking graphic, but just the, what they were saying, I was like, yo, that's beyond. She she know enough about to stay away from these motherfucking pedophiles. Because this shit right here, she don't need this implanted in her goddamn brain. This shit was some crazy. This motherfucker was sick. No, I'm not even sick, man. Motherfucker dead wrong. Yeah, he's sick. Yeah, he's sick. Oh, man. Malachi Z. York. Is what they call him. The fact that you got people still pushing that shit, you know? Oh, man. Right now. That's how that. Yo, that's the craziest shit right now to me. Right now? Right now. Listen, I, I read. Some of the transcripts, so I already, I was like, yo, listen, I'm reading the transcripts, man. You ain't going to tell me that this is okay to do with all these transcripts. All these people testified against them, man. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I know what's going on here. Black So the community, you out there? Black Power, what's going on? Uh oh. I know what happened for my end. I don't know what's going on here. Let me check everything out. All right, she's back. Black power. <laughs> no, my phone hung up by accident. I was not even by accident. I hung up by accident. But instead of putting the phone that need to be charged on the hook, I'm putting the phone I'm talking talking to on the hook, and that joint just dies right now. But um, oh man, like I was saying, oh Dr. Paul. I don't know why I dropped that. It was just so, yo, man. When the one girl started talking, because she had been there since Brooklyn. So she was there early, early. We seen all the, y'all. Yeah. She was like, yo, he had us in line already since before we left Brooklyn. We was in line. You knew what was what. Brother Bourne, this is on YouTube? Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to put this in the hangout. I'm put this in the hangout. Put it in the hangout. 
I know, I think Brother Cross put something in there, too. I didn't watch that, yeah. Where my history at? This, this, this was some... I'm like, man. I'm like, come on. What is going on here? Like, really? He got... Really? Really? Yo, they're going to have to have way more so... Yo, they didn't even get... No. I want to just play this shit. I'm telling you, this was... This shit just... Listen, if you had any doubts about Dr. Pork after this, and if you if you know just a little bit of the story, if you... Listen, like I'm saying, I'm, I've read some of the transcripts because I'm in one of the Nuwapian groups where is the, the state versus York or something like that is the name of the group. And so they got the transcript there. And this, yo, this joker did it. He pled guilty. He was serious. He thought he was going to get this minimum sentence. And the judge said, hell no. And kick this shit out. Kick this case out. Say, nigga, you going to trial. You trying to hear that shit. You going to trial. You going to find you guilty in here. I wish you could play it. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I, I could play it. This is, this shit is wild. This is a comedian. This was some of the most, yo. It was, this is, this is some vile man. Because what's, which also as equally vow again are uh, those that are pushing Dr. Pork on top people right now. You know that got his shit up. You 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 put me onto that. I was stunned to see the mother the damn amount of videos on Dr. Pork on Army Raw Squad shit. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Then you got Sad Diddy having all that foolishness on there and acting like this motherfucker ain't no charlatan, low-life son of a bitch. I mean, damn, you raping babies? Lowest of the low. But when you hear the stories of what they were saying, how this month, when the young girl were like, like, yo, when she started talking, the rest of them just sat back quiet, and the other girl was like, oh, shit, like, they hadn't even been in a place at the same time, like, but the thing she said, she's like, oh, shit, yo, listen, just add it on when you know how the fuck she know that shit that well. And she know that shit that well. They wasn't together. Yo, the shit is okay. bananas. Bananas, bananas, bananas. Like, I'm telling you, sister, bananas. Uh-uh. <clears throat> That's a shame. Damn, yo. Okay. Got to play. Hold on. I'm telling you, I got to play a couple seconds. You got to, King. You got <laughs> to. We got to counter the bullshit. You this you. I'm no sister, come here. You know what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not joking about what I'm telling you when I say that this, this fool is crazy. Handing me a, 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 you know, five different coats. Wait, if you took out his name, most people would have to 
say they can't say that. If that was their child who said he did this to me, you know, are you going to, you know, talk to say your kid's a devil? If it was somebody else that you wasn't fond of because, he, you know, he's supposed to not. That's a young girl who, now. Is he going to make her his wife? Like, to me, the only thing that was wrong was that. Uh-oh. Here we go. Listen to this shit here. What it was, but you, it was talk. So mm-hmm. he had asked it um, if, if. Oh, no. Here we go. I'm going to play a snippet. This song, this is from the. For the kids that he brought to Disney World. Oh. And, um, and had things to the. Mm-hmm. So I told. We'll get this dad right, because this is the girl from uh, the night. She was 19 when she married Dr. York. Oh, yeah. Oh, No, no, no. No, no. Now I'm listening because a lot of this is the first time I'm hearing a lot of this too, and, I, and it's and it's and it's linking up with a lot of things that I remember happening, like going back to Nasada. You know, I remember her coming. I met her, and she started coming, and that's around the time I was around him in Brooklyn, like we, we, you know, back in his apartment in Brooklyn, yeah. and she would come by to clean and stuff like that, and she she struck me as quirky. Quirky, like one time we were cleaning and she he had this uh, this thing she called it was like a talking head and she mm-hmm. called it Zoltron or something I don't know what it was but you it was talk so mm-hmm. he had asked it um, if it could she said something sexual to it like something to the fact it was really crazy to me like oh can you I want to suck Zoltron you know whatever and I mm. and I looked at her like what are you you know it it was just really weird. Mm-hmm. So I told, I'm thinking, you know, it was something weird. So I mentioned it to your, the Aquis Fulton and because yeah. I was like something strange about her and I noticed that she was around the girls. So I was kind of, I was concerned about her state of mind saying, so, it was just, she just struck me as weird. But then he made me feel like she got in trouble mm-hmm. for saying it. Mm-hmm. But then I started seeing her come with girls. And I, I didn't I didn't make the connection because I had no I just did, I didn't think that way until one time and this was way after um Nathana, I, I I stopped he stopped having me come back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know like what she was doing after that. But then I remember you know, I was going back there by myself at times to make his tea and making his tea was like this big deal. You know. But that if you chose it you and had to be chosen to make his tea. It was like a special. Yes. You were prepared. You were ready to make his tea. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew just how he liked it, you were ready. It was like it was a, you arrived, you know. Yeah. So I I knew how to make his tea. So I was making his tea, and I remember he used to like like Nikki was saying he would tell you these crazy stories. He just used to tell you these stories and you're just like, is he testing my morality level or is it he, sexual you know, stories? Yeah, it was always sexual stories. He would tell you these stories like one one time 
she told me about this. Uh, she was a little nasty. And but but at the time it was like at the time he was telling me about this woman that he doing the young girl. The youngest wife he had at that time was um, his sister named Amala. She was sixteen, mm-hmm. and at that time I think I was nineteen. So so he he started telling me how he used to take this woman at this particular girl. In the back, just to look at her, at her ass. This is where he was talking, and her ass was so big and so, you know, that he wanted to. He was telling me the things he wanted to do to her, and I'm looking at him like, okay, but she's up to that. But, but then I was like, well, maybe is he gonna do this? Because we had he had wives that young. She was the same age as the youngest one. Uh, yeah. So I said, I'm I'm trying to rationalize it because I'm, you know, I'm rationalizing everything because that's what you do in your brain was. So I'm saying, okay, but is he going to make her his wife? Like, to me, the only thing that was wrong was that he wasn't talking about making her his wife. You know what I'm saying? So I I was like, why is he doing that to her, putting her in a position where he's not promising to make her his wife? And then all of a sudden, you know, he came and talked to me, and I'm, you know, you know, telling me she wanted to be one of his wives, and I'm hoping, I'm like, I hope that it works out for you. But then I think her parents had a problem with it, which they obviously should have, and then she was gone, you know what I'm saying? But it it it, it was just a strange, it was a strange exposure to weirdness because I remember being with him, and he put on, like, the first time I was with him intimately, you know, I remember trying to play sleep because I was in a family with, like, two other sisters. Mm-hmm. And I heard them, you know, being intimate. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to think like I was sleep because I had never been exposed to that type of shit. So they were having sex while you They were having were... sex right next to me, right? They were touching, their bodies were touching me, like, moving me. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Trying to act like I'm sleeping yeah. because I was—I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. You know. How old were so you again? I, I was 19. You know, at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So I—I I didn't. But I still—I—I I had never been exposed to group sex. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I—it was, it was scary for me, but I—he looked down and he was like, "Oh, she's trying to act like she's sleeping." So I was like, you know, you think he knows, it, like he see all, know it all. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't face, you know, so I open my eyes and whatnot. But it's just, you know, there's times he put on like these crazy videos of like animals having sex, the people <laughs> having sex with animals, and I mean, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. Did you saw a bestiality movie? Yes, he. That's I saw, and I, 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 or the tie on. Yeah, or, and I saw. Yeah, and, and then he put on a, a gay porno one time with three guys sandwiching each other. It was, it was like uh, he would do he would do stuff like this. But this, and I'm hearing that he was like, when Nick was talking. I'm like, okay, wow, you know that he he was he was perverse. He and he told stories, strangest stories, and it just it was just wait, like. What did he say when when you're sitting here? You're talking about Baba, Imam Asa, and he's, uh, Dr. York, he's um, showing you 
gay porn, right? Uh-huh. What was his justification? What did he say? Did he say, um, what did he say? Uh, one of the things he told some of the boys is, you know, it's not gay if you touch a Pharaoh's dick. Uh, That's a rite of passage. It's uh, something with Osiris. So I don't know what he told you guys, but I know he was telling some of the boys that, some of the younger boys that. See, I, I, when he put it on, I was like, I asked him, I said, what is that? Mm-hmm. And he said, you never saw anything like that? And I said, no, no. You know, at the most I had seen, like, you know, go, I used to hang out in the city in the village. I saw guys kissing. Like, I, I never, but, you know, like, you know, that's whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't know why he was putting it on. He didn't give me any explanation as to why he was putting it on. Mm-hmm. And he just let it play. But he wanted me to watch it. So, in my mind, you know, a lot of things like that, when it blows your mind, because it, it blew my mind, you sit there and you get, your mind is blown, so you don't really... I didn't really know what to say at that point. I didn't say yeah. anything else. I just watched okay. it, and I was just, you know, just yeah. like if he's okay. trying to test my morality, yeah. I couldn't figure out what I couldn't. I think uh-huh. he does that just to kind of, you know, not, not just test you, but also kind of numb you out. Because he tells all types of stories. He told us about when he was in jail, and I guess he shared the show with this Puerto Rican guy, and they were doing all types of stuff in the jail. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it. Now, this is something that Donnie... Uh, uh, Black Power, this is off of Chuck Morgan on YouTube. Black Power, Black Power. But you can hear this, and the other girl was co-signing because she heard the same story. But this is Dr. Porch. Uh, Brother Bourne, I, I'm I'm fucked up. Okay. Um, I want to know, are you putting this in the hangout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to share it to the hangout right now. Pushing all the enemies' perversion, huh? He ain't leave nothing unturned, did he? Another stone. Yeah, another stone unturned. Another stone unturned. But what this thing? I'm listening to this mess. I'm like, like what? I'm like, nah, nah, this, this can't be. Why I'm sixteen? Can't really hear him saying this right here. can't be hearing it. They were. I'm going to play another little snippet. Uh, say it just, the one young lady, the one who met her when she, she was super young, 13, she was at her school. She just, she knew so much because she was there for so long. Like, look, man, this ain't no news. This might not do to this dude right here. This ain't news. He's about this. Mm. To put that kind of poison, that sick perversion. 
on African children and, you know, older children, um, teens and shit. He was a grown man times two. You know, um, everybody around him had to know what the deal is. Okay, I don't want, I don't, please, I don't want me nobody calling themselves a Nuwabi, especially during his time. Yo, because they push and they pushing this stuff. They giving them a platform. Talking about he gonna get free. Oh man, when you hear about the court case, Johnny mentioned in um, the um, Nuwabian debate. You guys get to be around Doc all the time. And I was like, your ignorance is lucky. I, I, I wish I All right, this is off of, like I said, this is off of Chuck Morgan on YouTube, a discussion with victims of Malachi York and debunking the Wabian lies. Anything not to say anything was from the Ansar days. Uh, so before he uh, had full control to do whatever the fuck he wants. So, um, Ballora, one school day, she was going off telling some of the kids what happened at Barbara's house. So somehow it got around to it that she said that she did stuff for Barbara, sexual things, whether it was sex or blowjob, whatever have you. Um, she said something. So it got back to the office. So the crazy part when I think about this, there were two things that happened. Um, I think it was Amina at the time, was in the office. And so that message went out to his office, go send somebody up there to find out what's going on with Valora, what she's saying, come to crush her. This is coming from him. She goes up. Now, one of us is calling and says, go up there and tell Valora she better tell somebody it was a dream or she's going to be in a lot of trouble. So by the time Amina comes up and asks her, why did you know what it, what's going on? What did you say? Laura's already threatened. And so she says, Oh, I had a dream about Baba and I told the kids. And she got in trouble for spreading a quote unquote lie saying she dreamed about him. Uh. And she was told to say that. You know? Mm-hmm. And people say, How come people didn't tell? First of all, yeah, there was different groups of people. You know, people would get treated differently. There were some people who were threatened. I remember there was um, a time oh. where some of the, there was this thing where, you know, because even though there was a central community, you had to put in an application for being a part of the central community. Right. You had to be yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, there was a time in Georgia that he told some of us, because we, when we were ants our days, when we were asking, you know, when we knew when we were asking the boys and girls, young, pure women, folks, you know, pure 144,000, but when they started transitioning out of that, we became the Banat, which is another Arabic word for girls. Um, 
And um, I'm trying to think of how to I was making a point. Um, but oh. the thing is, there were some people that he would treat like, you know, Khadija. Oh, you like to sing? I'm going to teach you how to sing and then do stuff with them. They, you know, oh. um, when people would have to put in applications, he started telling, and he was going through the finax. He was, you know, popping us off one by one. So he said, told us, because sometimes we would have our little meetings and therapy meetings and all this bullshit, whatever have you. So he told us to get the word out to the other Benats that wasn't on the central campus. That he said, if they was an Ansar or you know them, get the message out that they don't have to go to the office. Let one of you guys know, and I'm going to prove them to come up and, and go and skip that whole line of process of stuff. So, and he would even tell us, oh, tell them, you know, you guys are having fun. Tell them you're eating because eating was a problem. Sometimes we have food, sometimes we didn't. No, we didn't. At 18, I was almost dead in a hospital, and the message was sent from Amina to my mother to tell them, if the doctors asked me, I should tell them, oh, I forget to eat because my potassium levels were lower than dead people. I was paralyzed from the, the stress down. My heartbeat was blowing up all because... I didn't have enough potassium, something simple. So um, some people, he was telling, you know, they would come up, and he was giving them two weeks, like, you know, because at the time, you know, there's different groups of people, Habibas in the house, and the message is said to them, like, so you're up here, you have two weeks to be in his bedroom, or you're getting kicked out. So, oh. you know, and then when we were in, when oh. me and Habib and them were mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, you know, first they used to tell us, oh, you know, um, in Sudan, you know, a, a girl usually learns from a father's side, you know, someone, a male person in the family about mm-hmm. sex because we get married. Because remember, we're supposed to be virgins, raising like virgin Mary, yeah. giving yeah. birth to the 144,000. Mm-hmm. So they said, oh, you know, if you don't know about sex, your husband's going to leave you. So, you know, the story that was given to some of us, because there's different stories given, oh. um, that, you know, you know, you should, you know, it's a, a part of Sudanese culture that a male person in the family teaches a person about sex. And mm-hmm. so, you know, from when we were 12 and 13, when we, when, when there was one summer that happened that they sent the message that let some of the girls come to the office and learn skills and work, and it was all in the mail room helping out different things, whatever have you, then it started separating some of us and saying, well, you girls go to his house, and you girls help his main wives. There was different ones at the time. And mm-hmm. he started even separating down to that. You know, you, you know, we couldn't even talk amongst ourselves. And it was always a thing of who said something. And sometimes it was given this thing of, oh, you guys are special, and if you say something, people are going to be jealous of you, and this is that. He told us that, oh, the boys, you know, because we're, you know, getting to be teenagers, and, you know, we couldn't have boyfriends. It was always a thing about, if you find anybody kissing or liking a boy, you need to say something, whatever have you, mm-hmm. all these things. But then when we started getting around him, he was just like, oh, you know, if you guys do this, I'm going to get you guys pizza and soda. And we're like, wow, pizza and soda? We eating tofu and TVP.
And so he's telling us, oh, do this, and I'm going to get, you know, he's started bribing people and things like that. And, you know, and so some of it was like, don't tell. But I do remember one time that me and Habiba were leaving his house at 13 years old, 11 o'clock at night, and one of her, her mothers, her second mom, was like, where are you guys coming from? And we're like, oh, Baba's house, you know, more, you know, we didn't call Baba at the time. It was Milan or Abu, whatever have you. And so because what would happen, he started separating some of us, and we were sent to his house to help whoever the wife was at the time clean up and stuff like that. But then he started saying, oh, while these kids are working, learning a skill, you guys watch cartoons. You guys, I think um, the you know the first time, you know the first time he you know showed something, and the thing is, he some people he just forced stuff on, and some people he used it on. I remember being thirteen. I, I can't remember what age I was, but it was like way back then. And he, um, I'm in his first of all. The first time I went in his office, because you know I never was like in his presence. You see him? Oh my God! You know you're he was you're trained to, like, this is this man, he's an angel, he's a Melchizedek, he's all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the first time I was in his house, I was silent. I was, like, attention, and he had to, like, oh, relax. You know, then he was like, oh, you can watch TV. Oh, you know, when I saw him drink water, I was like, he drinks water? You know, <laughs> I was blown away. So one time we're talking, we're in his house, because he started, like, letting, you know, the, the girls were going to his house, and we didn't always have to work. Sometimes we could watch, you know, cheap cartoons. Sometimes we could play in his Dr. York clothes, and that was exciting for us because we were in Muslim clothes and had to be covered. And then he would tell us, oh, it's okay if you guys see each other's bodies and this is that and try to encourage little things. And he had this fold-out accordion paper, uh, like a little card. It looked like a card. And he walked up to me, and he opened the card, and it flipped out, and it was this whole bunch of, with funny glasses. And I was oh. like, oh, okay, you know. So, um, and I know Toddy said something about some cartoon, a porn cartoon, and I remember him putting on Caligula in his house. The we movie were... Caligula? Wait a minute. Yeah, okay, oh the, the 79 movie Caligula? Yes. And so I remember Caligula. Yeah, and so he oh. had some of us bringing us around in groups, and there was like two sisters there was um, um, Federadia and somebody else in Asada. There was a couple of them. So these two sisters were assigned to different groups of girls. And somehow, because we're in closed environment, we started talking. But it was always a thing of, oh, who said something? You know, I didn't say nothing. Did you say something? No, I didn't say something. Well, he wants to know who said something, you know, whatever have you. And, you know, we can't have no rumors, whatever. And so we've been threatened and trained from Brooklyn days. For a long time. You know? Even times when I worked in the girls' house, you know, and people say, oh, why do you say certain things? You know, it, it came up before. One, one time the message got sent to me like, oh, Jonathan's mad at you because now he got to keep some of the kids away from his house in Athens because now everybody's looking here and this is that. Another time when I started working in the girls' house, and I was just like, what did I do? Now, the irony, this is supposed to be a religion that's protecting children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, it is, if you were sent to the kids' house to work with the kids, you're like, what did I do? I'm in trouble. That was considered a lower so, job because so it was, was like a it was like a punishment to work with the kids. It was a yeah. You know, for for some of the people in the inner circle, the family, the the nats, whatever have you, if you were sent to 
from the office, from the office to the
office. He comes from the back office, not the office, from the back the office. back office. You know, so when I was put on the land in charge of the girls, and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? I'm trying to wrap my brain, and then the message comes to me, oh, no, you know, when Doc wants Amala and Laura over there, whatever have you, we're going to call you to send them over. And I was like, oh, damn, you know? And my thing is, because we were beat so much in the mosque, I couldn't come, I couldn't beat the kids like how I was raised to beat for every little thing. Sometimes we get beat every single day, you know. Really? They do crazy rumors. Hell yeah! I mean, I used to get teased about getting beaten, and because this girls were like, okay, nobody cry, and I'm new to this, so I'm just like, I'm not used to getting beat like this, you know. And so, so to the point where I could take it, I could put it on my hand and take it. So me working with the girls, I'm young, you know, I'm like in my early 20s. You know, to me, it's no really, you know, like I wasn't around people. That was the first time I'm under the same household with my own sister, you know, because when we moved in the community, she went with the girls' house, I was with my girls' house, so that we always separate. So which is a whole other thing because Tati and Pamela were six months and two. I was 11, so I was just, like, going through trauma since I got there, like, what's going on? So, you know, when when some of the girls, because I wasn't beating them as, you know, what they used to, some of them started confiding in me and telling me stuff. And so me, I wasn't even thinking of the time this pattern, you know. I'm just like, oh, gosh, you know, Doc always says, you know, don't let rumors start, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, you know, I called Habiba this time to see the main wife at the time of, I'm like, hey, you know, you know, uh, these kids are getting upset because, you know, when you're doing stuff with children at such a young age, you're gonna, put, you know, you're 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 starting their sexual activity before they're even ready. So some of the kids are doing these stuff with him, and we want to mess with the boys, but they weren't allowed to talk to the boys. So some of them were actually getting upset, and so they were talking, you know, shit about it, like, you know, why do we gotta go to his house and clean his house and suck his penis and get Oh, 
buy us food, and the other ones had to rely on the office to go mm. get food. And mm. he said he, he didn't want, you know, he wanted to be. So the, the two shows that were together that he eventually built this big house on top of was our house and his house, our show and his show, because he wanted to be able to come in whenever he wanted to without no problem. that trailer, that trailer. And then, you know, exactly. So it's just... And when I told her, like, you know, some of these kids, they're complaining, this is that, and she was like, tell them that's how it is, like, suck it up, that's life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, you said the same thing at their age. It didn't even occur to me what I said. It just came out, and eventually that started saying, like, no, wait a minute. This is like, I mean, you know, so it started to grow on that's me. That's all you know, like, though. That's all you know. Yeah, you know, because just yeah, like. You didn't know anything else. And I was miserable, you know, like, I used to complain. People said stuff. Like, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, people say you didn't say nothing. I'm talking to him. I used to write him so many letters. I wanted to kill myself. I hated my life. And why I got to be this? And what did he say? I, what did he respond with? Oh, you know. You know, either he would ignore it or he would say, oh, you're smart, you're, you know, you're, um, you're not, or you're crazy or this is that or you just want some attention or whatever. And so you're talking about, you. wait a minute, you're talking about committing suicide and Malachi York is going it off and say, you're smart, uh, no big thing. Yeah, and so to uh, me, people talk about who said something. I'm talking to the man in charge. I'm talking to my father because for the most part, I was raised not just in the family, but at one point he started telling me that he's my real dad, you know. So, and it was always this issue of, is he my dad, is he not? I, you know, I guess my mom felt like, oh, if he, you know, she, you know, he's trying to be a dad to me, so she went along with his stuff, she did the right thing with him. But he started telling me he was my real dad. So he's doing this stuff, and I'm just like, he's my father. You know, and there was a time I was just like, you know, because I was always in the middle of, when he did stuff with the kids, sometimes I'll be forgotten because he's also having sex with me. But then it's time when he did stuff with the kids, the girls he was having sex with, he couldn't bring me along because I'm his daughter and it was weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was always in that little weird weak spot. So, and I would tell him, I would talk to him. I was like, you know, and then I was like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do this. I just want to father-daughter thing. That lasted for like two weeks and he started dogging me out and saying,
how they was reading all the shit, and he just was telling them how to edit it and what words to put in, take out. So it sounded like his shit.
And so what? He went to trial and pled guilty at the trial? No, he he pled, he lost trial. Oh, he went to trial and then lost. Yeah, got 135. And now, did he have a jury, Brother Boone, or was it the judge? Uh, he had a jury. Mm, dude, that's rough right there. Yeah. Listen, they said, look, you can hear them that the, they, got the, they got the prosecutors, man. They got the police. They said, listen, man, we couldn't charge them with everything. Nobody would believe it. They said, we couldn't charge them with everything. Nobody would believe that. Not all the crimes, not all the shit we had them on. So, what did he finally get convicted of, big bro? Brother Chris Black Power, family. Well, in the feds, he, in the feds, I don't know what his state was. In the feds, he was convicted of, of transporting children across state lines for criminal activity. And his crime was transporting them to have sex with him. Damn disgrace. But see, ain't no words for it. Ain't no words for it. Destroying African children. Doing what the monster has done to our people for centuries. Amen. Then you see that connect. You see why uh, he was connected with Van Bottom, man. Yeah. Big ass. That was some major shit that they was doing. Like this shit, this shit is way bigger than. Uh, way bigger than Nino Brown, as Brother Little would say. It's way bigger than Nino Brown because he had them videos, and he wasn't the only one watching those videos. He wasn't the only one. Bam Bottom and like like I'm saying, they videotape stuff. They ain't the only one watching that stuff. He had a whole little setup. And like Peace Isaac showed how they use cartoons. He was using that to show how this sick society used cartoons to spread their sexual perversions and bring um, sexuality into the minds of our young children. Yeah, early. Clearly he was doing the same thing as you heard the, the poor sister mention, the cartoons. No, listen. The sister, uh, I'm telling you, the sisters even talk about the Pink Panther. So he had a Pink Panther with a dick attached to him. That, that some of his wives found the Pink Panther, took a piece of his tail off, and turned it into a dick, and then put some balls on it, and gave it to him as a gift. I'm, I'm numb. Right now, because there's so many things that's yeah. sick here. You got grown African women prepping children to be sexually uh, violated yeah. by this man. You know, you got mo- mothers involved in this. Yeah, they all, but they all like they all been, mm. they all got done the same way. You got a gang. It's like it's just a turnover. Like let's turn. It's just turnover. Right, because he's been at it for a minute. Yeah. He's been so at it for a minute. Just some factory shit. Yeah. 
And that's what it's the, like the, on the plantations. Yeah, the girl said that. She said, yo, you just, you dreaded getting old, but you know what I'm saying, something to that effect, like, yo, because you knew the old wife was out of there. And when you got them young as 16, 15, well, how old is old? 25? Did she say something about she tried to tell her dad about it? And yeah. I, I, I had to go back and listen to that part. I mean, oh, man, this shit's wild, bro. Them niggas need to be wiped out. Ain't even nothing to really speak on. I mean, man, man, motherfuckers knew about it. like this is some shit. This is a culture amongst that group. So you got a bunch of motherfuckers that's just really fucked up. You have to know about that shit. Yeah, you got a whole culture of this shit. And that's what they said. They said he talks like this all the time. Yo, man, I'm telling you, man. I just want to play it. I think I'm going to just play it, man. I, I don't know. I think I might play just an hour of it or something, man. Straight. Then I can just hear the shit. And it brings us back to, you know, what Sister Camille been saying about how we do not fix our mind. We would turn around and end up doing our people the same way as, like what's been done to us. Uh, Fred Hampton. He said that shit is you fuck around. You have Negro imperialists. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. we ending up with. This shit crazy. Uh, yeah. Again, you... Also, what she, Sister Camille said, when she was saying some shit, she put it on the head. She was talking about religions of perversion. And basically, that's what the fuck that, that shit is that they doing. Like a cult type shit. It's a religion. And he didn't know. He's getting them. He's telling them, well, in Sudan, they do this. In Sudan, Islam goes like that. In Islam, you can have more than one wife. In Islam, Muhammad married his, his wife at nine years old. Huh. So then they basically doing some Catholic church type shit where the motherfucking, you anointed to a degree where niggas, all of this shit is for you, you know what I'm saying? It's an honor for you to be able to suck my dick at, at, at eight years old. This is ridiculous. Man, I don't know if I missed the story or not. I, I, I can't remember where it's at. But she mm-hmm. tells the story of her the first time she, she, she um, I don't know if it's the first, whatever time, but she found out that he was doing this type of stuff and she said she wanted to confront that that's what it was about. So the little girl came, ran in, and said, "Listen, I seen my little, I just seen my sister, and and Baba Penis was in her mouth." And she said, "All I was thinking was like, nah, she can't be saying this to me." She said, "She said when I went to go confront her. She said when I asked the little girl, she acted like she was telling me no. She said, but I could tell that it was yet. You know what I'm saying? She said so when she went to go ask him." He was busy at that time, so he couldn't talk to her. And so it just weighed on, weighed on, and then she just ain't never get, you know. He hell, he stalled her out like Debo. And then, like you saying, too, what the girl said about they was getting beaten, so they was in a process of, of, of 
conditioning or for punishment for, for, for going outside of the boundaries of disclosing information and shit like that. So they knew that, you know, like children, if you spoke out or you made some type of ability, some attempt to try to, you know, get help or whatever, if there was punishment involved, like she said, they never be going nowhere by themselves and shit. These motherfuckers are sick, bro. It's just, man. Hmm. Crazy as hell, man. I was listening to this shit. I'm just like, damn. I'm just listening. And I felt like, like, I'm just listening, man. I fucked up. Like, what the fuck? What? But you can hear in the girl's voice, like, motherfucker, see? That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't fake trauma, bro. You can hear the trauma in the girl's voice when the girls when they talking. You can hear the, the authentic authentic reaction to what was popping. Like this ain't no made up shit. They be living it. They telling you the story and you can hear it and then like you saying their voice, we loving it. Man. She was seeing herself laying in that bed. With them where where Two other chicks around him and and Malachi. Mel Cheddar dick. Now where this nigga at now, bro? Is he out or what? Huh? This motherfucker out yet? Or he up for release or what? He's not getting out never, man. Oh, okay. He got 135 years solid, man. He's never getting out no matter what they say. He's never getting out for that. Unless he really is the man from Planet Risk, and I doubt that. The only risk he was taking was going to his house. He's taking a risk. I think it's like uh, how right, you know what I'm saying, Oswald Bates backing this nigga up and saying shit, talking about they lying on his teacher and shit. And we have other sick motherfuckers in the uh, in the community talking about we need to try to legalize underage, sex with underage uh, people so we can, uh, with children, so that people like York can get out. It's just, that's just one more thing. I, it was a, a Quinn Noble video I had posted a long time ago when he was doing that and saying that we need to make that uh, legalized to uh, miss with children. Because that's one extra thing that can catch um, black men up. Man. I can't even see nothing. Uh-uh. All right. How you how, how you get up on this, uh, Brother Born? Like, how you even get, get up on to this? The subject matter, like what happened? I hit somebody hit you to the shit or what? My um, my my home girl, she well, no sense. She from Texas. Uh huh. She always be beating on this shit all the time. Uh, so she okay. just makes sure that I know when some new shit coming out or whatever. Does beating on them. And this happened to be one that I still hold up now. I'm getting to hear from victims. Um, not people debating about it, not the lawyers, not the people from the sideline, but the people who say it happened to them. And so she sent it to me. I said, I got to listen to this. 
Because like I said, I read some of the transcripts. And reading the transcript, it pretty much lets you know that he did it, man. You, 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 you get a clear understanding that, listen, nine times out of ten, he's guilty about this shit here. You know what I mean? But to the people, that's a whole nother thing, man. Hearing them talk. Is, oh, man. Yeah, that's devastating, man. My stomach, I'm sick to my stomach right now. That shit got my stomach turning. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I'm saying, man. I... And it's just wild, man. Yeah, that shit is some other shit. Now, I'm braced for it right now. When I first heard it, I wasn't braced for it. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all don't know what's coming on, so you know it's like, you don't know what's coming up next. And so I already done heard it, so I know I'm braced for what they're going to say. But all in all, that don't stop the horror of what's being said. Because Dr. Pork was crazy. Y'all check that out. I'm telling you, that's something that listen. Yeah. That shit is infecting the community. We got a gang on all together. Now I got to, now, you know, made me have to ask him that question. Who's that? No, I guess to ask, why you got so many of these Dr. Pork videos, man? What's going on? Why would you be endorsing this dude, man? Why? You got to know he's guilty. It's a foul situation. That's what I was saying. But Hillary Clinton looked like she about to die. Yeah. Uh, really? I hear she got Parkinson's disease. But who knows? But she's about died a couple of times this year. Ready? You're going to fall in law the fuck out on such a shit. No, if that bitch passed off, they probably don't throw, put a double in their fucking place and shit. Listen, listen. Brother Little shared the news. They already said on Fox he was dead. On Fox, uh-huh. they, on Fox they had a, a show came on Fox News that said Hillary Clinton was dead. Then they retracted it. Uh. Yeah? So they already, it was gearing up. I'm oh, saying. They might have revived her ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said she got Parkinson's disease. 
Cause like, so like they got a whole, they got a whole string of videos showing her about the, the coughing, having coughing fit. You know what I'm saying? Pausing in between the motherfucking words, just froze. Dumb as hell, looking dumb as hell, just froze up, can't move. You know what I'm saying? So, they said she got that shit. And right now, they trying to clear up for her. They got a video online right now where they was dragging her into the van. She couldn't even lift her feet up. What's going on? Yeah, that's me, my bad. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? they got a video right now of her. Look like she's she's definitely going down. <laughs> y'all take that out. Y'all get a chance. Hillary Clinton is um, 9/11 memorial or some shit like that. Thought she was just trying to act. Act out, you know, like she was just that sad or some shit. Yeah, no, that acting right there. She was acting like a weekend at Bernie. This <laughs> <laughs> looks dead. I'm trying to tell you, this is looks dead. <laughs> What's going on with her? Yo, trust. If you see it, you gonna be like, oh shit, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, I'm about to find it. She, she, she about dead. <laughs> I'm telling you, they dragged her off the sidewalk. She couldn't even lift her feet. They dragged her. They literally dragged her off the sidewalk. Real shit. And her feet were still dragging. And they, like, threw her in the motherfucking van. They were trying to cover her like they weren't about to see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all sitting on around her. I said, God damn. Is they telling people to get one old old cracker in the in the van? Well, I said, I guess so. We went on dying out like that. Hmm. Yeah, they had her fucked up, though. I was laughing. I said, damn, look at that. Very clean. Fucked up. So I started doing some research. They said she might got the Parkinson disease. So the white man, what's the white, what's the white boy got? The, the white boy doctor got the show on TV. Dr. Drew. That's his name, right? I... Dr. Drew, right? All right. Anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> What happened? I said, I don't know about that, but I know Dr. Fields. Yo, but there's another white boy who more like a real doctor. Dr. Drew. And he came out and said, Hillary Clinton got some type of Neurological, serious neurological problem. Why they cancel that nigga show the next day? They cancel that cracker show the next day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Damn. Next day. You out of here, man. You want to know 
And that's the real shit. How can you get touched too? Like where it's nothing. So when somebody say something, you're like, nah. Excuse me. You're like, nah, I ain't saying nothing. Oh, and you grown already. That's why. I mean, that's why so many people come out as adults together. You was playing that, bro, B. I'm listening to that shit, and I'm thinking this is fucking Nation of Islam. You know what I'm saying? But just listening to it, I wouldn't be surprised if shit like that was going on within the nation when you seeing what the shit happened with uh, Elijah. So this is like something that happens. When you get these, it looks like something when you get these organizations, man, like patterned after these motherfucking... Uh, Religions of perversion, like but like sister to me is saying, it's when she when when I when I hear that type of shit, it's like okay, basically you're dealing with motherfucking uh you know uh, a systematic way of being able to pretty much turn Africans into Europeans or Arabs or what have you, and in the same time you're destroying their ability to be able to develop as Africans. Once that shit happens to a baby like that, man, the motherfucker will never be the same. Especially at that age, man, you pretty much damn near destroy a motherfucker. Those children are destroyed inside. And then, like you're saying, you breeding another generation of, of, of people, children that's going to do that same. They're going to react that same. They're going to fucking interject that shit on another, another person like some of the women was doing just because they was already victims. So you creating a whole fucking culture of people that pretty much at the end of the day, when you reach a certain age, man, them motherfuckers got to be waxed out of there. Can't let them motherfuckers, uh, you know, depending on the level of, 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 of damage, they might be just too far to even be able to rehab them people, man. And I, I wouldn't want to take the risk personally, uh, you know, allowing that shit to trickle down to the back to the new babies coming in. So there would have to be a certain cutoff point where you have to blame that. Oh, these motherfuckers might be beyond repair at a certain degree. So you just got to start cleaning the house. That's that's difficult. Those are difficult decisions to be made, but that shit got to be really looked at. So where do you cut it off to where that behavior does not affect the next generation of babies coming through? My perspective, man, that shit is wild. God damn. I don't think it's no... I don't think it's like no easy way, like, like, no right way to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? That shit's crazy. Right. Beyond crazy. Beyond crazy. You know, this is shit that we got going on in the community that nobody want to talk about. They want to try to cover it off, make it seem like it's something else, when it's not. Tell me, Terrence One was saying, talking that bullshit about all your leadership is above, you know what I'm saying, basically being checked, all this dumb shit, which tells you, motherfucker who talk like that, man, that's 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 co-conspirator type of uh, a response, somebody who was involved in shit like that. The nigga who ain't involved in that type of shit, nigga, you just gonna, you're not going to respond as well. You know what I'm saying? 
well, if you don't like that, then leave hip-hop alone, or bam, may hip-hop, this and that, man, fuck all that shit, man. At the end of the day, that shit has no relevance when you look at this man's conduct. If that shit to be true, which more than likely the shit is, I mean, that shit got to be addressed. Aside from any other motherfucking thing this motherfucker has ever done, bro, you know what I'm saying? That shit don't really matter. You can scrub it because all them lessons is there. Your record is stained, bro. You got to go. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. We'll still use the knowledge and information. That shit don't, that shit don't mean nothing. But as far as being held accountable for motherfucking fucking with the babies, fucking with the people, because that hinders liberation at the end of the day, those are the type of people that turn into motherfucking traitors of a race because the motherfuckers was scarred and, you know what I'm saying, abused and tortured. So them people end up working against a group. So you just Not, you know what I mean? Not all of them. It's, just, it's, it's a fucked up situation, man. Cause you got to decide, like, where you where you start cleaning the house at, man. That's just some fucked up shit. But at first, you start with the leadership. So anybody that was running shit with Port that's still up out there, man, them niggas is supposed to be on the auction block. Like, they're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? Niggas are supposed to be at their motherfucking resident. Checking niggas, finding out what was going on. It's supposed to be a thorough ass investigation outside of like fuck the motherfucking police and all that shit. Fuck the white man's bullshit. That's some homegrown shit that needs to be done. And then you know, motherfuckers would be like, well, you know. He was doing a lot. Of, he was doing a lot for black people. He was doing this and that. Like man, that don't have nothing to do with with, with, with the reality of the situation. But uh, oh no, falling back. Now I'm just listening. She got me fucked up though. down this weekend.
Mm. All right, now. Well, family, we're going to put this thing on the rock. Let's see. I really, like I said, man, this, this thing was so interesting. My mind, I'm still shocked and all the Excuse me. I'm I'm just thinking about it. And I'm going, what I'm going to do is for the family, I'm going to play another hour of it. And, um, and then we're going to shut down, man. We're going to do a quick news, but this right here is important. We got this, this look, they're monsters and they're fighting hard. Is that okay? All right. I guess it's all right with the family. Yeah, but that is fly, big bro. That's cool with me, personally. Kind of want to hear a little more detail on the shit. All right. Here we go. So people tell me be and people, one of the things that people always throw around is nobody says stuff. People said stuff. Over the years, people got threatened about being quiet. You know, Ballora said stuff, you know, to her mom, to different people. Nobody had any control over things. Or we were told, like, hey, that's life. You know, and then you get used to it. It's like one of those things that people know, and even if people may not be there, you know something's up. You know, because if I'm 15 and Habiba's 15 and she's pregnant, she got she's pregnant at 15. She's pregnant at 15, yeah. She's pregnant yeah. at 15. She's pregnant, she was at, 15. pregnant at 15. And sometimes when I think about it and I remember that he was upset with her for getting pregnant as if she put the sperm into her vagina herself. Sorry for being so graphic. But, and, you know, and I'm thinking about that. I remember her trying to, you know, like, you know, like, oh, I can't have this baby and all this stuff like that. And we're, like, trying to figure out, like, what can we do so he's not mad, you know. And people looking at her, like, if we're like perfect, a couple, we had no access to people. You know what I mean? Like, people saying all these things, we were personally groomed by this man, even to the point where we used to stand guard, falling out because we're in this hot-ass sponge. Oh, yeah, I saw that. groomed by this man all yeah. these years. Talk to us. People couldn't look at men. Couldn't look at us. You know, the boys our age, they were told, oh, you know, like one of the, um, uh, some of us like some of the boys, and he's like, oh, they don't, you know, they don't want to talk to you, and they stopped talking to us. And I was like, wow. And one of the boys I went ran into like years later, and I was like, you know, you know, in conversation, like, why did you guys stop? You know, like you just stopped talking to us. We were friends and everything like that. And he was told me. He said. Brother came to him and a few of the boys and said, Bob said, you know, your mommy said at the time, we don't care what you do with these girls, but if you're caught talking or doing anything to those girls, we're beating you up. Telling oh. them, little 15-year-old, 14-year-old boys, who's going to talk to us? But it was also systematic to separate us from the most We're not separate us from ourselves so nobody starts talking, putting people, you know, like people have friends, feel like people that have close, you know, you're close to your mother, you're close to the girl. He, he was like, I don't have that because he's just like, my mother abandoned me and yeah, you nobody else. So only people who are 110% loyal to me, those are the only people that I feel is worthy of me training because he was just like, oh, he, if he is someone smarter and richer than you, pick some, you know, pick 
lot of stuff going on. And he, you know, people knew, he knew, you know, he's him sitting on the porch giving some of the young kids, he used to get the long icy pops, giving out to the kids and like, oh, yeah, I like how she's doing this and whatever have you. You know, and, um, in upstate New York, he was, you know, he went from telling me, Oh, you know, because at one point when he was upstate, he tried to make it a little different. So the the women who had young children, they had their young children in the house. So he had yeah. wives with the children in those houses, and they were separated. Versus in Brooklyn, it was just, you know, these are the kids, these are the age groups, these are the boys, these are the girls. They try to, you know, whatchamacallit. So at one point, my sister became the only girl in that house. So he went from telling me, oh, you know, she's going to be a tomboy, telling my, you know, different people, she's going to be a tomboy if you let her just hang out with the boys. You should send her up to the to the house with a FIFA and uh. let her come to the house. And he would tell me, why don't you, you know, take her and teach her layout? Because I was in the layout department at the time, the art department um, at the time. Why don't you teach her these, you know, like hang out with her and whatever. So I'm like, uh, okay. And like, I know that's my sister. I say that's my sister, but I wasn't raised with a connection of, that's my sister. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, you know, bring her to the layout department, let her do little things, give her stuff like that. And then he sent a message to me like, oh, you're trying to keep me, you know, you're trying to keep her from me and this is that. And, and I was like, no, I'm not, you know, you told me to teach her what I'm doing, so I'm spending time with her and teaching her. And so I had to go tell my little sister, no, go to Baba's house, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting there with a few people. My sister was seven at the time, and he's tough. He gets more turned on by my sister than some of his wives. He's sitting there with all people, young people sitting right there saying it's just something about her that turns her turns him on because he would have fantasies, and he would <sighs> in bed with you, he would tell you those fantasies. Mm-hmm. He'll do stuff with you. And talking about somebody else.
you know, like, and, and, and you're having this conversation, so it's just like, you know, and I think that's also part of that thing of people don't want to talk about it because even if they were not there physically in the bedroom, there's, when you really look at it, he said stuff, he said a lot of things, and people knew. Like, people would know, like, you know, and people did say that there was this uh, Korean lady came in. Um, and, uh, Ginger, Ginger Chang. Yeah. And yeah. I remember when he brought some people to Georgia. It was a small group. I was with one of the first groups to go to Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was like two bands, about eight of us, I think eight or, or 12 of us in the band. Okay, okay, okay. Mickey, Mickey, you're getting into an area that is another, goes into an, another line that a lot of um, his uh, followers like to push, which is transporting minors across state lines for the purpose of sex. So he actually transported kids down to Georgia from upstate. Yeah, well, we were teenagers when we came to Georgia. Um, but the charges that he was, um, what he was charged for during the case, now, mind you, some of the things that they could, they said they don't even want to charge him for because they felt the jurors would feel it way too bizarre. Like, there's no way he could have done those things. So they actually held it back what? a lot of stuff. So uh, as, as, much, as much things came out in the courtroom, which still was not everything, you know, some things didn't even come into the courtroom that was discussed because there was just like nobody's going to comprehend that this man is doing all this. So um, the, the thing that he was charged with, because what he started doing is he would, go, he would have these trips to Disney World mm-hmm. where he would take people. But he would take groups of people and go to Disney World for the weekend and come back. And, of course, mm-hmm. as you know, he's having sex with these people. So quite often there was a couple of times where he brought some of the kids. I mm-hmm. remember there was a time where, excuse me, my sister, she started, I guess, her own way of trying to hopefully not get picked because what he would do sometimes is say, oh, these girls are around me because they're good. You know, so that's why they're different from the other girls, and I'm going to train them, and I'm going to this and that. So my sister started rebelling, and so, it, you know, hoping to make it harder for her to be around them, and it still didn't work because sometimes he would tell me, she needs to come and see me, or I'm kicking your family out. He told me that amazing. And I would just have to go and tell my sister, uh, you know, because she was like, I don't want to go there, and I'm like, you have to go. He's going to kick all of us out. And this is, you know, when we're raised thinking this is all we know, I don't know anybody on the outside. The devil's going to destroy us and this, and we can't yeah, get up on the outside. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to leave. So, you know what I mean? You know, so to me to have to tell my sister, uh, so um, you're going to have to go see Baba. You know, because he, he took some trips, you know, and he would tell me because he would take them on the trip with some of the girls with Sakina and all those people. And he wanted her to come around and, like, you know, because I guess, you know, because he also liked this control thing of people begging him for forgiveness and begging him for <laughs> oh, God. You know, so, yeah. he, you know, it wasn't enough that he's mad at you. He wants to be mad at you, and then you constantly come. And then you grovel. And then you grovel. Yeah. Are you still mad at me? Yeah. There's times 
sometimes I got in trouble because, like, if, if I said hi and he didn't say hi, I kept it moving. And they're like, oh, you didn't stop. I'm like, uh, he didn't say hi to me. Oh, no, no, you need to go to, and I was just like, you know, because sometimes I would get, like, upset with certain things. So I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> why am I in trouble? Why put me in trouble and then say, well, you're not trying to get yourself out of trouble, and you're not trying to find out, and, you know, and then when you do talk to him, then he's ignoring you, and I'm just like, uh, this is stupid, you know? But he would tell me, like, she needs to start coming around. I'm planning this trip. You, you know, he wanted her to go on one of the trips, but she wasn't coming around. And then there was a second trip, and she, you know, she did go. And But she wasn't in those episodes. The charges he was charged for wasn't that he brought us from New York, you know, from, from Brooklyn, New York, to upstate New York. So he took us to upstate New York for the summer and then kept us there. We were mm-hmm. all minors. We were 15 and under. You know, and was this was this after um around what time was this? Because I know that when Barack Phillips came out with the book and all he became all paranoid about being the in the attack. Yeah. Like that yeah. Is that ninety one? Was that ninety one? Was it ninety? Oh no. Was I mean, 90, I think it was eighty nine. About eighty nine. Eighty nine. It was eighty nine. It was eighty nine. Because that was when he made he made a shift to this um keep bread. Doctrine had um had all the odds uh, take off the Kimars. Well, that was before the time because the thing is, we the few of us that he was doing stuff to, he brought us upstate New York on a couple of trips because that's what he started doing. He was just like, oh, you know, these are the special ones. I'm gonna take them up because like, he would sometimes go upstate New York when it was brand new. Yeah, when it was well, mm-hmm. yeah, it was there, but they didn't use it as much, so he would go up there, mm-hmm. and then eventually he brought us up there, we're thinking that we're there for the weekend, and then it became the summer, and then we're thinking, okay, we're going to go back, because I remember I had finally got enrolled to this art school in high school, and I was so excited to go, because I was just like, oh, great, you know, I'm finally going to get some art things, and then, you know, we were supposed to leave, because it was like, oh, you're, we're just going to go on a vacation up there, okay, oh, we're going to stay for the summer, okay, you know, then it was just like, well, he's staying, he's moving up here, he's trying to transition and bring whoever he needs up there and leave the others behind and try to make Brooklyn into a regular mosque because he was also always trying to monetize, you know, the community and make his circle of people that he had to to provide for smaller and smaller. So he tried to break off from Brooklyn and go upstate uh, New York and he would take us, and, and I was like, oh, but I'm supposed to start high school. And he was like, well, you can start, you can go down there and go to school, but you may not make it up here. And sometimes, because many of you, you know, try to do something, the devil's going to put your, you know, something in your way, and this is that. So I was just yeah. like, I wanted to go to, you know, to, I was like excited about going to the school, and he was like, no, you got to stay, you know. And so I stayed. You know, and um, we were minors then, you know, and it got younger and younger and younger there. And then when it got to Georgia, you know, he brought, when he tried to move some people to Georgia, he was going through the list and um, saying who he's going to take and not take. And, you know, during the time, I was just like, I had stopped trying to do stuff with him, and he, he said okay with it, and then he started dogging me out about it. Then he started saying, oh, you know, he's making this move to Georgia, and even though I'm funny and smart, I'm not going to make the trip because I don't have what it takes. And everybody's looking like, why would you 
you're always around him. How come you're not going? And, and I can't, you know, I don't, the only reason was because I didn't want to have sex with him anymore, you know? And so he forced You made that clear to him? You made that clear to him? Yeah. Um, so, but then he forced me to do it anyway, and so I was just like, okay, well, I can't, there's nothing that I could do. So I wind up coming down, uh, not, well, yeah, coming down to Georgia with the first trip that he moved some of us there. But what he was charged for was for the kids that he brought to Disney World oh. and, um, and had sex. Because the thing is, uh. too, um, with people like me and Habiba, even though we're victims, they wanted to use us as witnesses because they said the statute of limitation ran out for us because we were older at the time that the case came involved, but they wanted to use us to show the pattern because the pattern uh-huh. started from New York. You know, we were uh-huh. kids doing stuff and... You know, so um, they wanted to establish that pattern, so that's why they wanted us to um, to testify and talk about it. But you know, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. No, 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 no. I'm listening because a lot of this is the first time I'm hearing a lot of this too, and, I, and it's and it's and it's linking up with a lot of things that I remember happening, like going back to the daughter. You know, I remember her coming. I met her, and she started coming, and that's around the time I was around him in Brooklyn, like, we, we, you know, back in his apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. And she would come by to clean and stuff like that, and she, she struck me as quirky, quirky. Like, one time we were cleaning, and she, he had this uh, this thing she called, it was like a talking head, and she mm-hmm. called it Zoltron or something. I don't know what it was, but you it was talk. So mm-hmm. he had asked it um, if it could. She said something sexual to it, like something to the effect that was really crazy to me. Like, oh, can you? I want to suck Goltron's, you know, whatever. And I mm. and I looked at her like, what are you? You know, it, it was just really weird. Mm-hmm. So I told, I'm thinking, you know, it was something weird. So I mentioned it to your doc, which calls him in. Yeah. And because yeah. I was like something strange about her, and I noticed that she was around the girls, so I was kind of, I was concerned about her state of mind, saying, so, it was just, she just struck me as weird, but then he made me feel like she got in trouble mm-hmm. for saying it, mm-hmm. but then I started seeing her come with girls, and I, I didn't, I didn't make the connection because I had no, I just, did, I didn't think that way until one time, and this is way after, um, Nathana, I, I, I stopped. He stopped having me come back there. Yeah. So I don't know like, what she was doing after that. But then I remember, you know, I was going back there by myself at times to make his tea, and making his tea is like this big deal, you know. But you had to be chosen. You had to be chosen to make his tea. It was like and a special. Tea tester. Yes. You were prepared. <laughs> you were ready to make his tea. <laughs> If you knew just how he liked it, you, you were ready. It was like it was a, you arrived, you know. Yeah. So I I knew how to make his tea. So I was making his tea, and I remember he used to like like Nikki was saying he would tell you these crazy stories. He just used to tell you these stories, and you're just like, is he testing my morality level or? Is what he, sexual you know, stories? Yeah, it was always sexual stories. He would tell you these stories like one one time he told me about this. Uh, she was a little bit nasty, mm-hmm. and but but 
at the time, there was like at the time he was telling me about this woman that he one of the young girls. The youngest wife he had at that time was um, his sister named Amala. She was 16, mm-hmm. and at that time I think I was 19. So, so he he started telling me how he used to take this movement at this particular girl in the back just to look at her at her ass. This is where he was talking. And her ass was so big and so, you know, that he wanted to, he was telling me the things he wanted to do to her. And I'm looking at him like, okay, but she's mm-hmm. within that. But but then I was like, well, maybe is he going to do this? Because we had, he had wives that young. She was the same age as the youngest one at the time. So I said, I'm, I'm trying to rationalize it because I'm, you know, I'm rationalizing everything because that's what you do in your brain wise. So I'm saying, okay, but is he going to make her his wife? Like, to me, the only thing that was wrong was that he wasn't talking about making her his wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, why is he doing that to her, putting her in this position where, it, but he's not promising to make her his wife? And then, was, and then all of a sudden, you know, she came and talked to me, and I'm, you know, you know, telling me she wanted to be one of his wives, and I'm hoping, I'm like, I hope that it works out for you. But then mm-hmm. I think her parents had a problem with it, which they obviously should have. And then she was gone, you know what I'm saying? But it it it, it was just a strange it was a strange exposure to weirdness because I remember being with him and he put on like the first time I was with him intimately, you know, I remember trying to play sleep because I was in a bed with like two other sisters mm-hmm. and I heard them, you know, being intimate. Mm. So I kind of wanted to think like I was sleep because I had never been exposed to that type of situation. So they were having sex while you They were having were... sex right next to me, right? They were touch, Their bodies were touching me, like moving me. Oh, I'm like yeah, yeah. trying to act like I'm sleeping yeah. because I, was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, you know? How old were you so again? I, I was 19, you know, at mm. that time. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, but I still... I, I had never been exposed to group sex. It's like that, you know what I'm saying? So I, it was, it was scary for me, but I, he looked down and he was like, oh, she's trying to act like she's sleeping. So I was like, you know, you think he knows, it, like he's see all, know it all. So I'm like, oh, I can't face, you know, so I open my eyes and whatnot. But it's just, you know, there's times he put on like these crazy videos of like animals having sex, the people <laughs> having sex with animals, and I mean, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. Did you saw a bestiality movie? Yes, he. That's I saw, and I, I, I or those tigers. Yeah, or, and I saw. Yeah, and and then he put on a, a gay porno one time with three guys sandwiching each other. It was, it was like. Uh. He would do he would do stuff like this, but and I'm hearing that he would do this to the girl. Like it, when Nick was talking, I'm like, okay, wow, you know that he he with he was perverse. He and he told stories, strangest stories, and it just was it was just like. like what did he say when when you're sitting here? You're talking about Baba, Imam Asa, and he's uh, Dr. York. He's um. Showing you gay porn, right? Uh huh. What was his just? 
justification. What did he say? Did he say, um, what did he say? I, one of the things he told some of the boys is, you know, it's not gay if you set the sour stick. Uh, That's uh, a rite of passage. It's uh, something with Osiris. So I don't know what he told you guys, but I know he was telling some of the boys that, some of the younger boys that. See, I, I, when he put it on, I was like, I asked him, I said, what is that, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, you never saw anything like that? And I said, no, no. You know, at the most I had seen, like, you know, I used to hang out in the city in the village. I saw guys kissing. Like, I, I never, but, you know, like, you know, that's whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't know why he was putting it on. He didn't give me any explanation as to why he was putting it on. Mm-hmm. And he just let it play. But he wanted me to watch it. So, in my mind, you know, a lot of things like that, when it blows your mind, because it, it blew my mind, you sit there and you get, your mind is blown. So, you don't really... I didn't really know what to say at that point. I didn't say yeah. anything else. I just watched okay. it, and I was just, you know, just yeah. like if he's okay. trying to test my morality, yeah. I couldn't figure out what I couldn't. I think he does that just to kind of, you know, not, not just test you, but also kind of numb you out. Because he tells all types of stories. He tells about when he was in jail, and I guess he shared the cell with this Puerto Rican guy, and they were doing all types of stuff in the jail. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah. Now, this is something that Donnie, has that mis- Donnie mentioned in um, the um, Nawabian Debate Forum. She was, Donnie um, Addison, she was talking about uh, when he had um, had anal sex with her, she, she made a point that he made a comment that it was like being back in jail. Yeah. He was uh-huh. wait a minute, he was talking about so he was uh, having he had a gay he had a cellmate in jail that he was having sex with. I heard about that. Yeah, well, that's he didn't tell me. He told he mentioned him. Because the thing is that kind of touches on another point of people like some of them when we knew in Mominati that they left during the Ansar days because their mom left for whatever reason, yeah. and so they missed. A lot of that he was spared, you know, uh-huh. and, and um, you know, some of them they feel like, well, maybe his intentions were good and power corrupt, but to me, he was always corrupt. Like he was, <laughs> he was him, always, have, yeah. yeah, because like back in Brooklyn, and he would we would have meetings with the Mukminun and Mukminachi, and he would tell us how back in the, the, the days before the community was a community when it was starting how they used to go and uh, rob colleges and, 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 and stick up people to get, you know, to get money. And they, they robbed, you know, the, the publication department, they needed typewriters, so they, they robbed a college, got all of the typewriters, and then mm-hmm. they, they brought the, you know, the, him and the brothers did this, brought it back, and the sister's like, well, it needs ribbon. So they went back, robbed another college, brought the ribbon back, that's the wrong ribbon. So they go back in another college, and then he used to tell us, like, how... <laughs> You know, um, back when he was in some hood, and I guess he had some nickname of Crazy Horse and all that, how him and his friends, they would sometimes, you know, they'll see a white guy, invite him to a, bar, a party, and, of course, the white guy's thinking, oh, you know, these cool black brothers trying to, like, hang with mm-hmm. me. And they would invite the guy to a party, and they would run a train on it, you know? And hey, excuse he, me? Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know you're, 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 you're familiar with all of this, but people that are watching – you're making jaws drop. <laughs> making my drop. That's what I said. 
saw, because I remember in the um, the uh, trial notes when you were talking um, what had happened um, with, with you and uh, Eddie and, um, I don't know, I think um, Issa at the time. Um, what I mean, really, because this is something that people need to know, okay, because, you know, now they're talking about the whole um, uh, hormone sexuality and the gatekeepers and the golden children and all this stuff. It seems to be a pattern, and it's now it's all coming together. It's almost as if when he got locked up or whenever he started writing those letters and started bringing this stuff out more, I mean, he would sit, he, how did he approach you to want to even have sex with you? I, I, I don't, I, if it's too much to bring, if you don't want it to talk about it, I understand. But how did this, what was his game plan? How did he do that? And not just do that, but bring other kids, kids, not younger kids, into that little sexual, because from what I understand from Kathy is that there was, um, at the time he would just have the girls, that he would have sex with, and then he would have the boys separately. How did he approach you and and Salam and Eddie or even in Eastern at the time? Um, well, you know, like, like upstate New York is when, that, when, you know, it started happening to me. So now like that, you know, I'm actually remembering times where it would take some of the boys and the girls and we'll, like, be in a circle, and, you know, they're, like, showing us, like, our private parts and, like, you know, like, trying to teach us about it, like, some of the teenagers at the time. Like, mm-hmm. like what, you know, what they do and, like, even making us a rec- that's like, now that I'm really recollecting it, it's, like, things like that used to, used to like, uh, happen in small groups. Like, those teachers, like, oh, what, you know, what, what the body parts are and things like that mm-hmm. in little four or five groups. Mm-hmm. But when it actually happened to me, the approach was, um, you know, I, I remember being around my birthday and, you know, we, um, uh, one of the girls, uh, one, of, um, one of the girls walked me over to the trailer that he had and when I came inside of the trailer, there was a uh, cartoon porno on, on the TV. You know, it was either on or they put it on or whatever. Like, I remember seeing that and, you know, the girl that was there started like, touching me, fondling me, like, taking mm. hands mm. You know, and then, like, I see him on the side, like, you know, because he's there the whole time. So after a while, like, after, you know, I try to, like, um, get the feeling, like, hey, what's, you know, this is what's going on here. Like, some girl mm. fondling you, like, your body kind of might, might be getting excited or whatever you're going through at the time. Like, now, this, you know, is, this was, these were female. It was females doing this. Yeah, yeah, there was always, like, a, a female there when I was, you know, when, you know, there was always a, another female there because, you know, even in this house, you'll always have, like, somebody there, like, you know, uh-huh. and really just be by himself like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, sometimes the, the people that be there are, you know, also, you know, you know, a, a part of it as far as, like, in that cycle, you know, from, you know, groomed into it, so... Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how he approached me about it. So, like, I was, at the time I was young, you know, I was seven. I was, you know, I was young. So, like, I really, like, didn't have context to kind of put it into, like, and and, and 
engage it, you know, because he's also my father at the time, you know, and then I have all these brothers and sisters. We have this other life that's not involved in molestation, you know what I'm saying? That's just yeah. like everyday life. Yeah. And I'm a child. I'm outside playing in the playground and doing all these things, you know, and then so um, it wasn't like, and then we were actually learning like Hebrew at this time, you know, going from Arabic to learning Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So, you got to think that, too, that, you know, you're learning a, a whole new a language, so your mind is changing, like, it's a lot going on, like, concepts and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're switching over to a whole new communication form, you know, which is kind of like, I mean, because to this day, like, it's hard for me to remember all of my Arabic, Hebrew, and, and Wapik, and all this stuff that I learned, mm-hmm. because, you know, like, you, you know, when we spoke Arabic, and we learned Hebrew, we, we was relating those words to Arabic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh-huh. moved on and learned another language, we was kind of relating it back to the previous language, relating it back to the Arabic, relating it, you know, so like, you know, you know, we learned so much, it's like, you know, so it's just a confusing state, so like, with the with the languages, with the, like, with the just being a child and then not knowing, like, I really didn't have, like, a approach, he just kind of put it on me, like, just did it, like, you know, he, and then through the, it was like a gradual, you know, um, uh, you know, probably a delicate, like, you know, like, because from that age, it was like, you know, it, like, it kind of made me introvert, like, go inside. Like, I didn't really, yeah. like, what to, how to handle that. Like, yeah. you, know, to, you know, like, yes, I just kept it to myself. Like, but even, like, all things were going on, like, I just didn't talk about it or didn't really come out with it. Or, you know, really bring it out. You know, so then, you know, it really wasn't, uh, um, I don't think he would have had to explain, like, why he was doing it. Like, you know, because, you know, I was starting to, at, towards the end, you know, you were starting to get to, like, I was starting to get to, like, a, a place where, you know, I started avoiding him. I started, like, you know, doing things not to, you know, because, you know, because whenever he's seen walking or something like that, people want to make sure that they're seen. He yeah. might say, how do you uh-huh. take your hand? He might yeah. even give you a dollar or something. Like, who knows? Like, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like, people want to make sure that they're seen, you know? So, some, like, I used to think to avoid that, you know, even to the point where he mentioned it, like, oh, you know, you know, I I don't see you anymore. Like, you you know, like, yeah, like you're not around and this and that. Like, uh-huh. sometimes he's actually called it, you know, because some of the boys used to be hanging out with him or whatever, you know, and they're like, hey, where, where, where am I at? Where's David at? You know, somebody go get David or somebody, you know, like, and then they would have to go and get me just to hang out with everybody else that, that you know, whatever the guys are doing, you know? So when he had to go, when they had to go get you to hang out, um, what, the hangout was to have sex? No, 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 no. Let me let me make it clear. Like, I mean, okay. so sometimes he'll be, like, hanging out the office. And then okay. um, some of the, the younger boys or something. Because sometimes it's like if it's a majority of boys or men around him, then the women may not necessarily be right there at that, wherever he's at, you know? So it's like uh, sometimes he was around women, sometimes he was around men, like with the guys or with the girls. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, sometimes he'll be with the family, but that that would be more like mm-hmm. open and away from the, the houses okay. and stuff. Yeah. So like, um, you know, so sometimes he'll be like with the kids my age, like, you know, in a, in a non-threatening, you know, whatever. But then, hey, where where is David at? You know, like, because I should be, like, hanging out with the kids my age. But really, I'm just trying not to, like, I know that they're down there, but I'm, like, not trying to go over there because, you know, I'm just trying to do it to avoid it. Like, 
You don't know what the day is going to bring. You don't know what the day is going to bring. Yeah. And as a child, that's a horrible way to live your life because you're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to safeguard yourself. Yeah. You know, you can't even. Yeah, and a lot of times when the kids will see him, like, he'll probably give you candy or he'll give you, like, uh, you know, whatever. Like, and they'll be like, oh, I got you some baba. I got you some baba. And then, like, so you, you know, it makes you want to, like, see him or, like, oh, let me see if I can get one. Let me see if I can get, you know, sometimes you need to give us a dollar or something, like, and, you know, as kids, you think that that's a lot of money or something. So, like, oh, look what Bobby gave me. Look what he gave us. Like, and, you know, so, like, was, even one time there was um, some kids that um, some of us got some fishing rods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, I didn't get a fishing rod. So he, like, handed them out, whatever the case. But, you know, so I was like, he was like, oh, you know, you wasn't, you know, if you, if you come around more. If he was around. <laughs> yeah, like, like, hey, you, you don't be around or whatever. So, like, you know, so I was like, hey, like, you know, so, like, as I was getting older, I started trying to do things to avoid the situation. But I think that because I was young and because it was, like, you know, um, a, a gradual thing to me, like, uh, the impact of it, like, just like uh, trying to gradually, like, ease me into it, like, that he didn't really, he really has to, he really didn't have to explain or whatever, like, because once, once, it, once it started from the beginning, it just kept that cycle, like, you know, it was always a girl there. Sometimes it would be another boy, you know, but it was always a girl there. And then, like, to, to talk about that, too, because, you know, sometimes there'll be, like, uh, you know, any one of three other boys that, that was involved, like, when I was, you know, that I saw around myself. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, sometimes with the, um, the one that was the oldest, like, you know, he'll um, either send them to get to tell us to, you know, come down there and we'll both go down there. And, and even eventually to, like, trying to get them to look, to scout out, to scout for other, you know, boys that might, you know, like, not say something or that might be, um, you know, that's, like, older because they didn't have time to groom them all the way, but that might be still susceptible to being in that circle, like, you know. And, you know, like, I didn't bring nobody per se, but, like, I, you know, they try to get me to get um, somebody's uh, little brother, like, to try to tell him to, like, hey, come come over and come visit him. And basically, like, the next time that we're going to go down there, that we're going to bring him down there with us, you know. And and uh, and even that, that happened, like, you know, saying we brought, you know, like, they, like, you know, I wanna say we brought because I was there with the guy. Like, we brought, the, the you know, somebody else in and, um, you know, like, you know, he had they kept he got broken in like hmm. you know, like hmm. you know, so like I think like to me it's like you know, a lot of things were like, um, you know I think because it happened so early on that it was just like, you know, it was easier to just kinda yeah, keep hope with it, like start to make mm-hmm. a this mechanism to the kinda, you know,
we noticed that Wally was no longer around, and we had always seen Wally way, way back, all the way back since the beginning. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, he was gone. So from upstate New York, from upstate New York, because you know, at one point they did have a fallout, and then two, what he was sent to Georgia to scout the the land before he moved up there. So at one point. Right. Sent to Georgia, so that's why he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. There was something I'm trying to remember. There was something he got in trouble for. I can't remember um, what it was, but I remember they had some type of conflict yeah. about something. But I can't remember. Yeah, they had a conflict, and um, he was sent to Georgia, and um, he came back. You know, at, at some point he came around, and he was around because like, when we were up going upstate New York, he was there, like. You know, he was his right-hand man. He was his driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we did trips from Brooklyn to upstate New York while he was with us, and, he, you know, when he would have us and basically had us over the summer upstate New York and we'd go places while he was with us. Yeah, I see. Okay, here's one for you, Ruby. This is, um, uh, mm-hmm. I said, so Ruby, so Ruby left the community mm-hmm. Uh, she still didn't say anything to the authorities. Just curious. This is from Black Sun. But I, I hear that okay. a lot. No, I hear that. I, I hear that a lot too. A lot of people say, "Why didn't you say anything?" But you know, when you're, it's 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 hard when you get when you're brainwashed and you come out. Other people that weren't, they don't understand mm-hmm. the the mindset that you're in because even though. I left under shocking circumstances. There were times where I wrote to come back because I was so I was so afraid to be in the Virginia. I was so afraid to, you know, live out there. And then I was afraid to. I still felt like he he gets you into this mode where you still have to protect, you know, that situation. You, and so you're thinking like, well, and then who do I say it to? I didn't think about even contacting the authorities. That was like the, I didn't. It wasn't even a thought. And I and and the only thing that I can attribute it to is being brainwashed. It wasn't even mm-hmm. a thought in my mind, which of which I'm ashamed of. But I didn't come to that reality when I when I found out that he got locked up for um, child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. That I I I wasn't surprised. I was surprised that somebody said something, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that it got to the FBI. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think, I, and and I really don't have a other than being brainwashed. It wasn't that um, I picked the opportune time to say something because a lot of people think, oh, like the brother Polite had mentioned, well, how come everybody just says them at the same time, and you know like it was an orchestrated event. You know, some people perceive it that way, but, you know, I asked myself that question. Mm -hmm. Why didn't I think to say something? Why didn't I think? But I wasn't in the right state of mind. I I wasn't even thinking on that that train of thought. There was so many. I want to add two things to it because I do hear that, and a lot of that is just really based on simplistic ignorance because, like, I'm actually in therapy for the first time ever in life, and you know, my therapist showed me a lot of things. And when she showed me all these things, it's the same pattern. You know, 
and people are trained, they're fearful. You know, nobody wants to be the one to say something. He has the control. You know, I remember being up um, in Georgia, and he was giving a speech to the brothers, call it, basically calling them punks, because when he was having problems with Sheriff Sills, he said the difference between the Ansar brothers and the new brothers, he didn't have to tell somebody, go handle that. If there was somebody with a problem in Brooklyn, they would have come up gone, dead, mm-hmm. in the hospital with broken bones. So whether he mm-hmm. said something or not, they were just handled where the, 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 the newer brothers, he should always talk shit about them, talking about their punks and this and that. Now, also, when you have stuff like that, people don't, people are living in fear and shame. Nobody wants to talk about it. You think it's, it's comfortable getting up on a stand and someone, you know, cross-examining me and saying things like that. People don't want to say nothing. But I do know years ago I used to have a YouTube channel that didn't have, was not connected to my name. And, you know, because I was, I, like, to me, I'm kind of jaded. Like, I, I've been saying something. I've been on chat groups and this is that. People may not know it's me, but I've been there all mm-hmm. So when I had a YouTube channel under a different alias, a, a different name for myself, um, and I, I had some of the, the, the Montel show and things like that up there, and I would, when people come on there, I would go to bat with each and one of them. And it's just like, by every time I started talking, by the stuff I was saying, either they would think I was a dude or they were like, oh, who you are, trying to figure out who I am. I also had people messaging me. People yeah. started saying, he did this to me too. And I never said anything. One one person, this lady, I don't even know who she is because, you know, it's YouTube. People don't sign up with their, with their real name. She sent me a message saying that she moved in in Brooklyn with a husband and pregnant, and Doc was trying to get with her, and she was just, like, blown away, uh-huh. like, why would he do this? Like, you know, and so when people are faced with that, they don't say anything. The same thing with Bill Cosby, African American people don't want to say anything when it's, because who wants to be the one to say, oh, this leader is doing these things? You know, and then, and then who's going to believe you? Exactly. You don't even know people are going to believe you. <laughs> When you say something, then all of a sudden you're, 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 you know, oh, you're trying to take down a black leader and all this stuff like that. But it's just like, think for a minute. Like, take away his name, put somebody else's name, take away the victim name, put your kid's name. And how would you read that story? Would you feel the same way if you took out his name? Most people would have to say they can't say that. If that was their child who said, he did this to me. You know, are you going to, you know, talk to say your kid's a devil? If it was somebody else that you wasn't fond of because, he, you know, he's supposedly the master teacher, you know, would you say, you know, would you say these things? And nine times out of ten, they would have a whole other different attitude. And it was interesting how some of them get, um, you know, mad about the African bombarda situation, but they haven't come to grips with the doc situation. You know, and uh-huh. when the trial happened, and you've got a whole bunch of kids, minors, who are saying, Oh, in his bedroom, he had this. He had the this stuffed animal. He had this thing. This is that. And if you have ten kids describing exactly to the T what this man has in his bedroom, how is like that? The, do they all, you know, how how does that how does that come up? You know, yeah, like, like, like the pink panther dog. Yeah, like the pink panther dog that his wives gave him as a joke, where they took the tail and cut off the tail and and sewed it on like a penis and took some of the hair and sewed it on. He had that mm. job. Yeah. Kids they put hair on it. Yeah. They, they, 
version. And so they yeah. did it as a, a, as a gift for him, like, way back in the day as a funny thing. Yeah, they took the, the tail, they cut they cut a piece of the tail from the pig factor and some of the hair, and they made it like a penis. So he had it in his bedroom from Brooklyn to upstate New York to Georgia. So when kids are going on the stand saying, I've seen this Pink Panther doll, I've seen this, you know, leopard print blanket, and when the cops who go in and raid and they go and confiscate everything from his bedroom, and what do they find? The Pink Panther doll. <laughs> this blanket, this blanket, like, come on. It doesn't, like, they, they want to be trapped in this thing. And when someone says something, then all of a sudden it empowers someone else to say, Maybe I should say something. Because there's people who mm-hmm. say to me and like, you know, I'm so glad you said something. They may not publicly say it, but they're like, oh, man. Or they're just, or, and, and the thing is, with all the people that I know it happened to, unfortunately, there's way more that never said anything. Because mm-hmm. they left, you know, when they were younger or whatever have you. And they, they're afraid to say something. They don't want to be mm-hmm. looked at. So we get the scorn for saying, coming up and saying what happened to us. Or we get the scorn for saying, you were there. I saw you. You did this. Remember? No, no, no. I didn't do this, you know. And so, you know, people say that, but that's also the trauma and abuse. And when yeah. you talk about being programmed and all that, when I left, I was just like, you know, I, I, you know someone told me, oh, that's the coach. And I'm like, no, no, no. I gave the doctor and I said, no, 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 it's culture. And then yeah. someone handed me, <laughs> no, it's not a culture, it's culture. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm programmed to say. You know, yeah. until someone handed me, a, 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 you know, five different cult documentaries from different places. And I'm like, wow, this sounds like home. Even when we went on the Dr. Phil show, there was a, a white family that were also a, from a cult, some other religious white cult. And... I'm sitting there with my, my brother because it was two stories. They went up first, and then we talked afterwards. And I'm sitting there like, damn, this sounds just like the mob. We're thinking we're in this unique situation, and this plays, it, it plays to the T, cult mm-hmm. mentality. You know, when I'm looking mm-hmm. at videos where people take, you know, some people, um, you know, just based on the trauma of it, you know, when you're talking about, um, molestation and all that, and a lot of times it's someone that you know, there's this dynamic that the person yeah. doesn't want to say. Regardless of if they have fame or whatever have you, the child doesn't want to say because there's, first of all, there's this dynamic of, that's my dad, I love him, mm-hmm. but he's doing these things. He's the reason why my butt hurts, but he's my dad, mm-hmm. you know, or he's the reason, you know, because even me, people, I vote to him, bite it, tell him, whatever have you. But still nothing happened. Or when you do say something or it comes out, whatever, and it's just hushed, you know? And, you know, people used to say back in the day, oh, you know, um, he should have been judged by his community. The community was keeping it going. It came up. Which, which, which parents rallied up and said, you know what, these rumors. I remember... Um, in Georgia, because he started, because he used to try to tell us how we're misfits and all this stuff like that, we're so fucked up, and he's going to be the only one to help us, whatever. So he called himself giving us therapy classes and that. So he was, there was a certain time that we would meet with him, and, and he would like, oh, talk to him. But it's like, how are you going to talk to him? And he's the real reason you got the problem. But anyway, 
leave, they take your stuff. So I I remember writing this letter, and I gave it to the sister named Shua who worked in, in the census department. She was an intake. She took the applications and all that stuff, people that were moving in and who was moving here and there to what mosque or whatever, what community or whatever. So I wrote a letter to her because he wouldn't speak to me at the time. And because um, I was being labeled a troublemaker at that point because there was a lot of things that were happening back-to-back with the, you know, food in one house, the kids were going hungry, I'm over there, you know, demanding for food, you know, speaking out against things. And then I, that's when I started realizing that something's not right. And then with that, it was just like a series of things where it made sense. It didn't connect with the man that that I thought should be, you know, you know, who's representing the whole community. It, did, it, didn't, it didn't connect. I was like, why is he letting this happen? And then, you know, Baylor comes and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, it was just, I remember thinking, I was so brainwashed, I was thinking, well, if I tell, if I tell her mother, am I going to, am I going to be able to leave? Like, and, and is she go like, is she even going to believe me? Or is she going to say, oh, she's, a, she's being a devil or she's being disagreeable and she just mm-hmm. wants to say this because she's leaving? Because I, I asked to leave, but then it was like, okay, since you are leaving, since you want to leave, you know, they used the opportunity for the communities. They would come together every Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, okay, you're going to get on the van going back to New York. Mm-hmm. But in between that time, he didn't want to talk to me. and I, I was kind of like shut off. So, you know, he sent her mother. And I'm like, is this a test? Because that's who I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell her mother. But it was, it was just one of those things where you're like, okay, if you go against him and you say something against him, you don't even know if that the person's mother's even going to believe you because, yeah. they, I, you know, so I, I just kept my mouth shut. I just kept my mouth okay. I told her to look to her daughter, but I didn't go into detail and, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, here's a, few, a couple of questions from the, um, from the chat. One is, what about the Athens dynamic? Did York take his followers, did he take his favorites to Athens, Georgia, to have sex? Did uh, Dr. York uh, make sisters feel special by taking them to Athens? Yeah, Anybody can. Well, our answers, uh, well, let's I was going before Athens. Athens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was just the same thing. Like, you know, in Brooklyn, how he started separating people, then he started, you know, moving with certain groups, small groups of people, then he eventually moved to uh, upstate New York. And then uh-huh. as he needed people, because he was always trying to downsize the central community. Because every every other community, they sold books, they brought the money, they gave it to him. There was even a culture where he started um, having them, when people started finding out he liked the big bills, so they would bring all these big bills trying to impress him, and he would take them off the top, and then the office was left to try to pay the bills with all the small bills. So they're like, please just, you know, send the money. So... The same way how he was in Brooklyn going upstate, taking small groups, and then when he moved to upstate New York, he started taking small groups to Georgia, and then he moved to Georgia, he was trying to do that to Athens. So when he started, you know, because then he also... And he put people out as he went. He was sending yeah. people out. Yeah. People out. He would try, like, he would sometimes tell some of the Bennett, one of the things that he used to have a problem with us, because 
tell us that he wanted us to replace his wife. So he would try to get us to say, work with Amina, work with this one, learn what they're doing, because, you know, they're too old. Like, there was a time where uh, Nezla, it was, like, crazy when I think about it. She's 18, and she's freaking out because she feels, oh, my God, I'm old. He's going to give me to one of the brothers. <laughs> and she was freaking out about it, you know, because that's just how it was. You know, it's just like, you know, and then when it came out, when she had said something, whatever have you. But he started going to Athens, and, he, you know, because he also, he likes little, he like he likes little places to go off to. Like, a lot of times when he had, prop, you know, things built, he always had the brothers build a little secret cubby hole in a secret area that he would go into, and he'd start bringing people around and having sex parties there and this and that, and come out where, and where, where, was, where was one of those holes built? Well, like, he had one, what, uh, like, in Georgia, he had one of the trailers, and he got a bus, and then, um, like, oh, the Zimmer. having... Huh? The Zimmer? Yeah, the Zimmer. Because he would okay. go in there and hang out, and he would just have call whoever he want. There would be one or two people there that day who made his, you know, tea or his food and served him. Uh-huh. And basically, if he wanted to see somebody, he'd tell them, call this person, call that person. They'll call, oh, Doc wants you to come to the place, and you have to go and do whatever that he wanted you to do or just hang out until he's going to have sex with you and tell you the next day, okay, it's time to go home. You know, or you think you're in the house by yourself and the lights go off and you feel other hands. It's like, hmm, all day I <laughs> and now the lights are off and now I feel other sets of hands that I don't know whose hands it is and when you wake up, there's still nobody there. So, you know, and you would have people hiding. When he would build the, pro- you know, the build up different um, buildings, he would take some of us to do the walkthrough and check on the buildings and he would, you know, uh-huh. it's dark, he has his little flashlight uh-huh. and he would sit there in the in the building that was being constructed and having people giving him blowjobs and having anal sex and stuff like that and then going out, you know, or he would have like little um, uh, spots where as he's building that he would just kind of take over or even how he built the house and there was like this separation to it. So when he was in Athens and he started, you know, he got the property in Athens, he started going back and forth. And so he had his little set of people that there was a publications office, but then now this special publications office, they were working on, um, what's that? It was supposed to be the replacement of Sons of Green Light. It's like a, um, oh, the, uh, it's the Sufis, the Sufis, the place in the Sufis. Is that oh, way? That's no, a long time ago. No, no, no. A-E-O. It wasn't, um, okay. yeah, I, I was going to pull out my certificate. I actually still have that crap. Um, <laughs> sorry, not, not, you know, I know some people feel for it or something. Whatever. <laughs> yes, you know, which was a bunch of plagiarized things, like half of the religion. But he had the people in Athens they were working on because, um, is it Fatima, I think, was one of his wives? Mm-hmm. Her father was, um, some form of black mason or whatever have you. So um, he oh, had the honor to. Him. I think he was in a nation or something. Yeah. No, but he no, but not just a nation. He was yeah. in some form of masonic thing because something. He was yeah. In books that's supposed to be. Okay, you talk. You're talking about Shamila Richard's um um father. Yeah. 
That would be Prince York's uh, mother. Yes. Uh, so he would have, he gave him, because that's what some people did too. You know, to get in his best honor, they want to try to give him stuff. So sometimes people will see a book and they'll be like, oh, man, give it to Pop. And he would mm-hmm. take that book, give it to one of us to read, and said, oh, tell me about it. Okay, you type it. Okay, you add something, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then book produced. And when somebody yes. says, hey, this sounds like um, a book that such and such, oh, no, the white man stole my stuff. You know, and then mm-hmm. yeah. we couldn't, we weren't allowed to read nobody else's books. So There's another form of this, you know, brainwashing of where you're only getting information from him. There's a whole yeah. shelf of books about the cult, Masonic lodges that he's from Brooklyn. He would have yeah. trouble with the Masons because he would get his hands on some of their stuff, put it in the doctrine, and when they saw it, they wanted to threaten him. Yeah. Whatever, and then he would have to yeah. change up. You know, he had us. Um, uh, I was, you know, I used to work in Athens with him. At, you know, quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And he had, he took the thing, had a scan it, the the cover, make changes to it, and he put it out as, you know, the AEO stuff. One of the masons get a hand of it, and they sent him a letter that they were going to take him to court unless he. he they sent him a cease and desist letter. You know, and then so they come back and he's like, y'all got to think it's look way different than it is now, and we have to change up all these things and send it to print. So when he started going to Athens, so what he would do is sometimes when he wanted to get away, he would take people, whether they were, you know, the women that were working on the books, some of the boys and the girls that were there, and he would take them to Athens and have them there for a few days. People, you know, sometimes there was like a little bus or minivan. Sometimes we were like so squished in that minivan. It's like trying to fit in an eight car that people that literally had to lay on someone else because it was not enough space and drive uh, from uh. Georgia to Athens like like in some type of slave ship because he's like, oh, uh, uh, he would send the list. These are the lists of the people uh-huh. coming to Athens. And they would come to the office and say, okay, when we call your name, get ready, you go to Athens. And they, you know, call out the list. They have the driver, you go to things, you are in Athens, and you're in Athens for however long he wants to keep you there or for however long you get keep out of trouble. And if he's mm-hmm. in trouble, he sends you back down, he punishes you, you can't come back to Athens, he has somebody in your place. Or, like, one time he was mad at me, so he brought my mom up there. And, you know, you do all type of little weird, you know, psychological mm-hmm. things like that. Games, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did that when, like you said, the process, yeah.
Uh, and some of them, they'll just, you know, if it was a big project and they need a lot of people, so they'll bring more people, got to bust one time, bust yeah. people in, did the project, yeah. bust them back. Okay. Yeah, and I just want to say something real quick, because actually, I've actually been to Athens as well. And, you know, because a lot of the men couldn't go, like, particularly go inside the house, right. you know, in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, so then they would have some of the boys come up there because they had some, like, IKEA-style Akia, furniture, like desktops and stuff, you know, to set up the office. So we'll have to go in there and, like, set up the desk and all this mm-hmm. stuff where the men couldn't go in. You know, they'll have the boys do that. Mm-hmm. And also, we'll clean because we had a pool. So we'll, like, clean the pools. We'll, like, you know, rake the yard and stuff like that. We'll do chores like that. And then also that on the property, which he didn't have a permit for, he started building, like, a, um, let's call it a treehouse. He started building, like, a, 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 a place on his property, and it was, like, a multi-floor, like, maybe two or three floors, like, like a little uh, uh, guest house type of thing, like a little uh, away place where you have, you know, like a game room type of place, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, uh, you know, I helped, like, build it from the, you know, from the ground, like, so I would go out there to work on that and to, like, do the chores, of, you know, certain chores. I wasn't having all the time, but enough to be there to, you know, to do those things. And even to, to from the the concrete, you know, that they were putting down on the little side mini house that they were building, like the little place to go to away from, you know, because that, the house in Athens was an actual house. So it mm-hmm. had, like, rooms and, and, and hallways and stuff like that. So, you know, he was building something on the same property, like, in the, away from separate from the house itself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, he can go through, you know, like, and it was like, I think we completed it, you know, or mostly uh-huh. completed it with, like, a mini fridge and a flat, you know, maybe, a, you know, uh-huh. and a couch and, you know, marble floors and stuff like that. Like, you know, because you couldn't bring all, all, any brother up there, all the brothers up there, it was just a certain ones that he brought up there to, to build that and to do the, you know, the main labor and stuff like that. Oh, I see. So I've been, Happens as well. Yeah. Okay. One of the one of the because there's a couple of more questions that definitely um, want to put out, but one of the biggest um, um, rant that his followers uh, like to put out is this thing with South Beach, Jacob York, and the conspiracy. Now, because Nikki, your name was brought into this thing. Um, with being some kind of um, a part of a conspiracy. What took place in South Beach? Um, South Beach is funny. The irony of it is the one person that was actually trying to, you know, get frisky there is the one person that made up a whole bunch of stuff. So when we left, you know, um, people like Habiba and me and stuff like that, we didn't leave all at the same time, but there was a period that quite a few of us who's always been around left, and he was literally, like, you know, having a heart attack about it. You know, some of the girls went back to see him, and he's like, oh, where's Ada? Where's this person? I'm like, I left. I'm not going back. (laughs) But anyway, um, you know, I bumped into Jacob. Me and him used to be friends, and also we grew up as brothers and sisters. Um, But... You know, I bumped into him in Georgia. We started like, wow, I haven't seen you in years, blah, blah, blah. We started hanging out. A few of us would hang out. Um, he was helping a, a few people 
who didn't, who, you know, because a lot of, when we left, we didn't have nothing. I literally had an ID and the clothes on my back and some bins of books. And half of it was, like, books that my dad was like, oh, no, throw that shit out. So, um, when we're seeing each other, you know, some of the boys and some of the girls we haven't seen in years and we're, like, getting nostalgic about, oh, remember Brooklyn and this is that, whatever have you. So, um... Someone came up with the idea, like, you know, we should get together, we should do something, we ha- you know, whatever have you, you know, because we haven't, some of us, we haven't seen people in five plus years. And, you know, when mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, we did everything together. Mm-hmm. My family. We played together. We ate together. We shared clothes together. Sometimes when we, depending on your age, you bathe together. So mm-hmm. we were very close based on how we were raised. And so when, when people, when he started breaking off from, Upstate from Brooklyn to upstate New York, and then he changed religions and told told people to get out the veil, which start made a divide. Because like you said, thirty years telling people they need to be in a veil, and now you're telling people to take the veil off. Some people bugged out. So uh-huh. he had a lot of drop offs from there. So a lot of those Mominoons and Mominatis that left is because their moms took them when they were like, "What do you mean we're not Muslim anymore? What do you mean when we take off the veil?" You know, after uh-huh. you know we we come to feel it's so sacred. So uh-huh. um, a few of us, you know, it was one of the holidays and stuff like that. We were still, like, so fresh and green out the, the moss and things like that. We were like, oh, this is a really great idea. Let's try to do it. You know, most of us didn't have any money because, again, we were straight from the moss. So we were trying to put a chip in our money together. We rented a couple of um, – we secured a couple of hotel rooms. And so – there was, a, there was a couple rooms for the guys. There was a couple rooms for the girls. And we went to South Beach for the weekend. It was like Memorial Day weekend. So one of those holiday weekends. And, you know, because we were all just really catching up. You know, some uh-huh. of the things, I mean, part of the trip was really emotional because when um, Jacob and um, Shaiki, you know, Rashid, mm-hmm. you know, some of them were telling us how, you know, when, when, when Doc left Brooklyn, and basically, you know, like, sucked everything from Brooklyn and went upstate. And a lot of those boys, when they wind up leaving, and, and they were sharing with us, like, how they had nothing. Like, how they would have to, like, try to steal to eat because they were just basically on the streets, living in abandoned buildings, living in bathtubs mm-hmm. because they didn't have no place to lay their head. And we were like, wow, we had no idea this was going on. And then we're telling them some of the stuff that's happening to us. So we were like sharing different types of pains of like a lot of the boys when you know when you're when you're over they're born and or raised in the community they don't know the outside world so it was devastating uh-huh. for them to be in the outside world they, you know some of them got kicked out or whatever reason you know or put out you know as a term of punishment or whatever have you and they're on the streets living on the streets after uh-huh. being raised being so sheltered so it was a lot of those conversations like wow some of them didn't understand, like, why couldn't you guys leave? And we're like, we didn't uh-huh. know we had a choice. We didn't know we could leave. You uh-huh. know, we so, you know, um, that's just how it was. So we came to, to, to South Beach. And the irony, um, one of uh, Layla's sister, younger sisters from another mother, whatever, Farah, she would be around. Now, she was, I think, 16 or 17 at the time. And Jacob actually used to, like, watch over her like a little sister. And 
he would have her come around, you know, because where he was at in Atlanta, a lot of us was really close, but sometimes people go hang out at his place. He was helping people get jobs. I remember he sat down and he was like, do you have a resume? And I'm like, uh, what's your resume? <laughs> you know, he uh. sat down and helped me put together a resume and helped me get my first real job. When I came out, I was at this telemarketing thing that I couldn't do, wind up in, you know, like, you know, but my first real job at FedEx, Jacob helped me get that job. You know, he was helping people, you know, um, Karima, some of them people. You know, um, I went out and I found my real father, who happened to be in, in Atlanta. Um, he actually helped me save, rescue my sister from the place. But he was like, you have to live with me. And he was living with his sister. So I lived with my dad. But there was a lot of people, they didn't have nowhere to go. So some people who didn't have anywhere to go, Jacob let them stay there at his place because he was renting some house in Stone Mountain. And he had lots of rooms. And he was like, look, you guys are like family. I don't care. If you if you want to find a bed or whatever, we catch up there. You know, and so um, that's how it was. And a lot of us, you know, we're just like, Dad, we miss our brothers. We miss our, you know, our, uh-huh. you know, our other people that we're raised with. So, um, the familiarity, we too. Like, yeah. yeah. So there was like two or three cars. Um, I think um, I was with the car. I was with Lemuel's car. We went the next day. Um, for whatever reason, I couldn't go with everybody else. We drove down to Miami, South Beach. We stayed at some hotel. hotels. Don't remember the name of hotel. You know, and we just hung out. We went to some clubs. I mean, we're all young. We're like, I see the, the youngest person was like Sarah or somebody. And the funny thing is that Sarah had a crush on one of the boys, um, Rashid, who was like our age and stuff, and she's like a little teeny bopper. And he was like, you know, don't even go there. Like, you know, like, because, you know, with some kids, you know, some teens or whatever have you there, they got a crush on somebody. They have to try. They kept trying. She kept trying to be a flirty. And it wasn't that type of vibe. It was that type uh-huh. of vibe of, wow, you guys went through what? Wow, you guys went through what? You know, like, you know, it was one of those type of trips. So, and it wasn't a trip where it was like, we didn't even have co-ed teams. The girls were, you know, the girls had one or two rooms that they was all shared in bed. The boys had one or two rooms that they was all shared. So now we're just having fun, checking out some parties, going to the beach, whatever have you, catching up. Um, and, uh, what, you know, one morning, um, you know, being silly, you wake up, go knock on other people's bed, you know, they're not up, we're, you know, not being silly, people taking pictures because we haven't seen each other in years, we're out on South Beach, we're having fun, we're having a good time, people taking pictures, so, and the funny thing is, because I remember the incident where Jacob had to tell her, like, look, chill, because she was flirting so hard with Rashid. But it wasn't no type of vibe of people hooking up or this is that, whatever have you. It was no, you know, and people, I mean, the, the drive back, people were crying because it was just like, you know, I can't, you know, they were just, we were shocked how they, the, a lot of the boys are living after they left the community in such devastation. And they were shocked mm-hmm. at some of the things that we were living through. And they were just like, I can't even believe, I can't even wrap my head around this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... When the trial comes up, they come to find out people are like, oh, look, look at these pictures. And it's just like one of those things where, you know, some of us was up before the other people, so we went and banged down the door 
jumped on the bed like, hey, wake up, being silly. Somebody taking a picture, and it was like, oh, yeah, see, there's stuff going on because, they're, you know, it's like it wasn't even mm-hmm. like that. You know, mm-hmm. so for whatever reason, Sarah uh, at some point turned this ultra Nawapian, which she wasn't even, you know, like her dad left years ago. She wasn't in the community with us. But she started, you know, when they when the case was being built and all that, and they were like recruiting people, um, and they got to her, and all of a sudden she started shaving her hair and wearing a minty braid. She wasn't wearing that uh, before, <laughs> you know. So uh-huh. she made up these things that collab, you know, collaborated with what they were saying, which they told us they was gonna do. Because when the investigate, when it, the wind started picking up that there was an investigation going. They were trying to figure out who's involved and this is that. I remember uh, Leah, one of Doc's daughter, you know, was it Leah on Pair, one of those. Which song? Um, I think it was Leah. Yeah, Leah. Um, okay. So she called me, and she was even trying to insinuate, like, why are you saying these things? Is it because you didn't really feel like family? Is it because of, you know, Med E? Because, you know, my sister has Down syndrome. And when Doc found out that my mom was six months pregnant and finally going to um, uh, the pediatrician, which they could have, the state could have taken her baby, they found out she had Down syndrome. So when it got back to him, he told, he sent a message to my mother saying that she had to have an abortion. And so... Didn't he just tell her? Yeah, but at first he was just like trying to tell her she has to have an abortion. And he was saying, you know, people look up to him like a god. So how is it that he's going to have a child that's less than perfect? Now, mind you, she's not the only one that got a problem. He's got a kid that's a ward of the Florida state that has dwarfism and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Oh. And he would get mad if someone sent him a picture. He's like, why did you show me that picture? He didn't want nothing to do with that child. So he even threatened my mom to send her back to Panama. And she was like, I haven't been to Panama since I was a teenager. What am I going to do in Panama? Where am I going to go? So wow. he, Lee was trying to ask me, oh, is it because of Medi? Because, you know, when, when and then my mom, she inquired, she had to. And they're like, you can't have an abortion at six months. There's nothing... There, it said that child is perfectly healthy. They just have she just have an extra chromosome, and she doesn't have any of the heart problems. A lot of the kids who have Down syndrome have she don't have anything but an extra chromosome. Mm-hmm. So there was no medical reason for her to terminate that baby. So mm-hmm. then the threat was, don't tell anybody that that's my kid. Uh, you know, and uh-huh. he didn't want to see her when she got home from the hospital. Uh-huh. Nobody wanted to go with her when she, you know. Was having her baby, she asked me. I didn't want to go with her because I'm like, you know, I'm in this, I'm in this, that brain. Where I'm like, I'm not getting in trouble, you know. Yeah, I'm getting in trouble. I, I'm not that. thinking my mom needs somebody to go. I'm just like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to the hospital because I'm going to be in trouble, and I don't mm-hmm. feel like wait, try to figure out how to get out of trouble. So she went to the hospital by herself, had the baby, and he was just like, I don't want to see her. Don't tell, don't tell anybody she's my kid and all those things. So, which is ironic when he sent the message. Yeah, mother told me about that. So, talking about, oh, oh I, I want to see, you know, I miss Medi. You just older before she was born. So, when we, she was having, she called me on my cell phone. I don't know how she got my number. But, you know, I said, look. Uh, and she was talking about Amala and, 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 and what we were saying and this and that. And I said, 
tell somebody that I can't move. Mm-hmm. So they lifted me up, put me on the bed, whatever have you. Someone gave me a stick because, like, my legs started to itch because, it, like, I hadn't moved it in some hours. Mm-hmm. And I had to have been 18 at that time because my mom was pregnant with Zariah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, they didn't know what was wrong. You know, at, so at some point after some, like, half the day went by and they said that, you know, someone said, she needs to go to the hospital. So um, at that point, you know, me, and I'm thinking, like, what was I thinking? Because I started to cry to my mom. I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital because I thought he was going to kick me out and send me to Atlanta if I went to the hospital. Because there was already an incident where I passed out, you know, because I was, like, working like a mad horse, and I was bleeding for over a month, mm. and I literally uh-huh. blanked out. You know, and the doctor, you know, one of the nurse, she wasn't a real doctor, but she was someone that was interested in medical things. So in the lab, she was a nurse. She went to her. And she was kind of new, and she was like, you got to go to the hospital. And I was just like, I'm not in the circle that goes to the hospital. Even in the outer circle of people who go, I'm like on the inside of the circle. We don't go to the hospital, you know. Uh-huh. And so she had to tell me, there was an incident where she had to tell me, you have to go to the hospital. It's not normal for you to bleed for over a month. And mm-hmm. you blanked out, like you faded out and passed out on your whatever you were painting. So I had to call him because it was, you know, some sisters when they had to go to the hospital, they tell the office. But because of the caste of a media in the inner circle, I don't go to tell the office and ask the office for permission. I have to ask him directly. Mm-hmm. So I called him. And I wasn't even owning it. I was like, well, this sister says I have to go to the hospital because I'm bleeding. And he was uh, just like, well, you could go if you want to, like a threat, you know. And yes, I was like, yes. I don't want to go to the hospital. Do that. So, you know, like, oh, you could go if you want to. And I just, I already knew what that meant. So now when I'm, like, numb and I started, like, it felt like there was pressure here. And so it was starting to affect my breathing. Like, I was, like, having to force myself to breathe. So my mom was like, you have to go to the hospital. And I just broke down crying because I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I'm gonna, He's going to kick me out. You know, there was no old people there. There were no sickly people there. There were no fat people there. You know, mm-hmm. you know any of those categories, he would ship them somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted a certain amount of people around him. He wanted, to, you know, he would always say, like, yeah, the people here are the best of the community. They're the better looking. They're the cream of the crop or whatever have you. And we're not fat like some of the sisters. And even the age group. Even the age yeah. group, like some of the older yeah, ones. Yeah, so if he wanted two older, old like, people. He put them out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was my concern. And my mom, who was, like, eight months pregnant with my sister, she had to throw me over her shoulder and carry me and put they, they put a chair in the shower because, like, you know, I woke up that way so I didn't bathe and everything. They're like, at this point, everybody's like, you have to go to the hospital. So I'm busy crying, trying to beg my mother not to send me there. She lifts me up, carries me down the stairs with her pregnant eight-month belly, puts me in the chair in the shower so she could bathe me so I could get ready to go to the hospital. So they take me to this clinic, and um, the, 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 the doctor at the clinic had said, 
that um, what it seemed like was happening was something they saw with like big people. So they say, well, we have to do this test where they inject the vein with this blue fluid so they can take an x-ray to see what's going on. But the problem was the symptoms that they thought I had, they were having a problem because I was so skinny. When I was like 25 and like 109 pounds on a wet day. Uh, But uh, um, the problem was they were having a problem finding my vein because I was so skinny. And they said usually when they have that problem with people, um, because they're overweight, it's easy for them to put the fluid in that vein and do their x-ray. So they did that. They still didn't see anything. And at some point, um, the doctor said, I have to go to the emergency room because I didn't know like, the, the reason why I was having trouble breathing is because my heart was slowing down. Uh-huh. So they said um, they called the ambulance to pick me up from the clinic and take me to intensive care. So when I got to intensive care and, you know, they put me up to all these heart monitors and all this stuff, they, um, so they were trying to figure out what was going on. So, you know, they're trying, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're trying to diagnose me, you know, and they don't know, and it's just like the numbness is, you know, steadily creeping up, and I'm having hard and harder trying to breathe. Yeah. So, um, they put these, um, you know, when you have the, when they do the test where they, like, hit a nerve and your leg drop, jumps up, mm-hmm. so they were trying to mm-hmm. get a response. Reflex. So, uh-huh. yes, yeah, so when they wasn't getting any reflex from my legs and my hands, they put these electronic things on my fingers, and they were giving me low-grade electric shocks to see what's going to make me move. So they kept uh-huh. putting up the intensity of it. I was crying because I was feeling the pain, but I was not moving. So then they had diagnosed that they thought that I had this disease called Guillain-Barre. So mm-hmm. they told my mom that they had to do this procedure. So I, I don't know if you see the scar. I have the scar right here, a keloid. So what they told my mom mm-hmm. that, um, they, you know, because they like, you know, her, her heart rate's dropping. She's not responding to the, you know, they was giving me all this electric shock. I'm crying. I know everything, but I couldn't, it, I, I wasn't, my hand wasn't moving. The only thing that was moving was from here to here. I could blink, I could talk, but, you know, I wasn't trying to talk a lot because I was having problems breathing. So they told my mom that they had to do this procedure where they had to cut a hole in my chest, put a tube from here to my heart, and what they told her that they had to do is take out all of the blood out of my body, put it into some machine that's going to separate the red and the white blood cells, clean it, and put it back in my body. And so, you know, my mom's there, she's calling the office and telling them they're relaying all these messages. And so at the time, um, there was a doctor who was an actual doctor, but he was in the walking, Dr. Thompson, Dr. Yeah. Guy, whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, they're relaying all these messages back and forth, whatever have you. And so um, they're saying, oh, she has this disease called Guillain-Barre, we're going to have to do this procedure, clean her blood, all this stuff like that. So, and they have a monitor, a heart monitor on me because, you know, it was going <laughs> So, um, they, they wind up out of desperation calling him at the time he was in Washington. So, yeah. 
they told him the, you know, the symptoms that I was having. And so he told them, did anyone check her potassium? So the office called um, my mom and said, did anyone check the potassium? So she told the doctor and they checked my potassium level. So at that point, um, that's when they, you know, um, told me, you know, because um, when they checked my potassium level, it was like a 1.2. So then now the doctors in the place were shocked because um, they said, um, you know, your potassium goes from 1 to 5, and I guess the potassium is, is what makes the, um, the um, not, uh, it, it controls your muscles, mm-hmm. and your heart is a muscle. So because I was so low in potassium, my heart was slowing down. And so um, they need, because, you know, when you give lethal injection, they said it's actually potassium that they pour in you and it speeds up the heart, make it bust inside, whatever have you. So now they were prepping me for surgery. I already had this tube inside of me. And right before they checked my potassium and they said they've had people in the hospital that died when their potassium level reached a two. So now the doctor wow. So yours is a 1.2, and you're, you're alive. So now the doctor's like, oh, my God. So when they found out it was definitely potassium, and my mom told them, yes, it was potassium, they wind up putting this little tiny IV in, into this big tube to, to give me potassium, and I started, you know, getting back the feeling. And so um, I guess they was afraid that they were going to question why my potassium level was so low. So um, mm-hmm. the office told my mom to tell me. Now, mind you, I, they're prepping me for some surgery. They're telling me my heart rate. I'm, I'm hearing my heart rate just go slow and all this. It's very traumatic for me. But they told my mom to, to make sure that I know if anybody asks me about, you know, if I ate, to tell them that sometimes I get so busy that I forget to eat. Because they didn't want it coming back. Oh, oh my goodness. I was malnourished. Yeah, that's that. something. You know, so the, they, they gave me potassium. I was in intensive care for about a week. Um, they tried to tell me that I would have to take potassium for the, you know, for the rest of my life and all that. And they were like, you know, you they gave me this diet thing. They're like, you have to have bananas. You have to have raisins. It's just that anytime. You feel, you know, something, you have to check it because they said if your potassium level gets too low, you could die from that. So they gave me, yeah, so they gave me a potassium drip enough so I could, you know, my heart picked up, my healing came back up. They gave me a prescription for potassium, and they also gave me a meal plan. So Mm -hmm. I had to give it to the office, and it's, the meal plan, they followed it for, like, a few weeks or so, and then they were like, well, you can't be doing this. You know, like, you're, we, we, can't, we can't support that. So eventually, you know, I went from having the, 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 a, a certain diet that the doctor said I needed to make sure I had enough potassium to live to, you know, well, if, it, if, it, if you feel these feels, we'll get you some bananas, but we can't keep giving you this special diet. So... Yeah. And it happened yeah. another time. Like after that time, there was one more incident where potassium level got low, and I had to be taken to the hospital. But because mm-hmm. we already knew there was a potassium thing, uh, they told them to check my potassium. It was my potassium, and they gave me potassium. I stayed in the hospital. 
imagine, just imagine if you had Gossip's past. Yeah. The, 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 um, Nobody would have ever known the real deal. Nobody would have ever known. The doctor from the clinic that I was taken to at first, when they got the ambulance, they said if I came in there 30 minutes later, I would have been dead. That's how bad it was, you know. Okay. Wow. I mean, we can we can literally go all night, and and I know you can. <laughs> I, love, I love talking to you, but I'm, I'm not. I, 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 because we're gonna have to kind of wind this down now. Um. Any closing words? Because um, I mean, what's been brought out tonight is um, so painful to hear. And because I read, you know, a lot of the um, trial notes, transcripts, et cetera, I mean, it's like being in, in, at the trial again because it's, it's, I mean, it's so vivid, the, the, the narrative of what took place, what he did to so many people, and how the followers now can care less. And all they tend to do is just Get him out. Why? I do not know, because there's no there's no redeeming quality that this person could possibly bring to humanity from what he's already done, the damage he's done for his, the majority of his own life. It outweighs anything. Yeah, it outweighs anything that you can say. You know, because everybody has that argument. The supporters they still say, "Well, look at all the good he did." Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.